This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson along with Michael Remus with you. A busy show, kind of a show that is going to take place today that I sort of figured we'd be doing tomorrow. Um, but Frank Saravelli has been dropping nuke after nuke on Twitter all day, and we pretty much know what's happening tonight in the expansion draft. So we'll get to all of that. We'll discuss the player the Winnipeg Jets are losing and more as we get into the program. Scott Billick is going to join us a little later on. We'll discuss all the happenings in the NHL from a Jets perspective with Scotty. And we will also look ahead to Friday's NHL draft with Grant McCagg from Recruits coming up a little later on. As always, Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily is brought to you by our great family of sponsors, including Royal Sports, Not Autocorp, Little Brown Jug, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Breezy Bend Country Club, Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, Assiniboia Downs, and CoolBet.com. Well, let's uh, get right to it and welcome Michael Remus in and, uh, Listen, there's lots of things I do want to get to today, but um, this show is obviously going to be dominated by all of the reports, mostly coming out of or from our good friend Frank Saravelli. Um, but we pretty much know most of the picks tonight, certainly some of the drama taking out of the uh, the party. But I will say, I think most Jet fans are uh, somewhat relieved to hear, and not that people are pleased with losing Mason Appleton, but considering the needs on the Jet Blue Line, the fact that Dylan DeMello is staying a Winnipeg Jet, I think that's certainly some good news for Winnipeg, considering this conversations that we had had as to what happens if Dylan DeMello was picked by Seattle. <laughs> My plans for the evening are ruined. <laughs> I can't watch the expansion draft. Damn you, hockey insiders. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. I'm so upset, Frank Saravelli. You ruined everything. Ruined it. <laughs> just, I'm just seeing uh, the reaction uh, from people on Twitter. I'm actually uh, thank, quite thankful for Frank. This is fun that we can talk about this now. Uh, as far as the Jets, uh, as far as the Jets go, I mean, losing Mason Appleton, um, I think, I mean, it's all, we kind of saw that happening, but it's definitely a loss. 900,000. He's low salary. He can play middle six minutes. I think he's uh, definitely improving. So I'm a big, um, big fan of his. But um, hold on one second. And the other one is DeMello. I think he would have been the bigger loss because oh, I have this playing. He would have been the bigger loss because they just don't have the depth on on defense to handle that. And we know that they needed other defensemen. And they did come out this morning and say, uh, Alexiak and Larson, by they, I mean Frank Cervalli reporting everything. Alexiak and Larson were the big signings, and I thought maybe they could get in on one of those guys. So we'll wait and see what happens with the defense, but remains intact. And, you know, we were arguing Stanley DeMello this whole time. And for what? For, uh, for nothing, they took Appleton anyways, which we thought was definitely a possibility. So I think this went about as well as, you, as it could have for the Jets. Other than, you know, maybe not losing Apple. But yeah, listen, at the risk of turning this entire program into, uh, you know, 90 minutes of uh, me rolling out the Barry Horowitz gif of uh, Barry patting himself on the back, Reem. Um, listen, I think we've been talking about this for two months. And I, I still, and I know people would say, oh, I've heard the Kraken weren't interested in Logan Stanley. Yeah, well, you've heard a lot of things. Trust me. 
Um, I still believe, and it's obvious the Winnipeg Jets believe that if Logan Stanley was exposed, he was going to be selected. Um, and it came back to, you know, it's really risk management at this point. Um, there was, certainly was the, the possibility that Dylan DeMello was going to be picked. And, you know, I think, you know, we've discussed this. We don't really need to go over it again. But, I mean, the potential of Stanley, what the team had put into him, uh, they weren't willing to lose him. And they, I think, like most people, I certainly believe that Logan Stanley was getting picked. Um, you know, he the upside, the potential of what he could be would be so attractive to a team building from scratch. Um, you know, a guy that wouldn't have to come in and play in the top four right away or, you know, maybe even be in the lineup right away, but would be a project going forward. And that's what the Jets held on to. Um, but was interesting. And you mentioned this, Reem, when we heard today, this morning, that Adam Larson was going to the Kraken. It sounds like Jamie Alexiak as well. All of a sudden, the right side of their defense looked pretty solid before they'd even make any picks. And I think at that point, if you're a Winnipeg Jet fan worried about losing DeMello, uh, it seemed a little bit more likely that Appleton would get selected. And to be honest, once we started seeing Frank break all the news today, it mm. did remind me that, uh, of what was it, a day or two ago, he mentioned that he thought Mason Appleton was a slam dunk. Um, I don't think there's anyone that is more tuned in right now to what Seattle Kraken are doing than Frank Saravelli. So it did sort of seem like the writing was on the wall. Um, but to your point, you know, we can talk about how they ended up here. Um, you know, as disappointing as it is to lose a player like Mason Appleton, the team did not have to make any deals. They did not have to give up any assets. And both Logan Stanley and Dylan DeMello are Winnipeg Jets for next year going forward. And that, you know, considering the challenges that Sheveldayoff has, hard to imagine things turning out better for the Winnipeg Jets. And, you know, I think he deserves credit with the way he played his cards. Who deserves credit? Frank for breaking the news or Sheveldayoff? Yes. <laughs> for making the freaking right move. And, well, listen, Frank Saravelli certainly. Frank, the Frank bomb is in. And I think I said this to you before. I think I said this to you before, but... Um, you know, with Frank, like, you know, Woj used to do this at the draft every year in the NBA and he was working for Yahoo and it drove everybody, especially the broadcasters crazy. But what did they do? Well, they went and hired him and he's now the ESPN insider and sort of plays nice on these events. So, uh, I don't know if I'm ESPN, I'm picking up the phone and getting Frank on side. So uh, maybe they can avoid some of this going yeah. forward. Hey, shout out to Machiavelli, the Dawn who just dropped in a super chat. What up, Machiavelli? Uh, who do you see the Jets signing from another team? Well, it's going to be interesting. We do have to wait till next Wednesday. I guess a week today will uh, be all over free agency. Um, and to be honest with you, two of the guys, Reem, that I was, you know, most, you know, listen, not excited that they were maybe coming in, but certainly would have hoped that the Winnipeg Jets would have made moves on to try to acquire were the two guys we heard this morning signed by uh, the Kraken. And that, of course, is Jamie Alexiak and Adam Larson. Both of those guys playing on the right side, big, solid defenders, exactly what the Winnipeg Jets needed. I'm sure the Winnipeg Jets would have been picking up the phone looking at those players. Uh, but I guess, Machiavelli, the, the good thing is that at least they're not only needing to improve their defense and replace Dylan DeMello. They're sort of where they finished off the season on the balloon on can look to add and grow there. And that'll be a huge topic, Reem, as we get closer, really out of draft weekend. Although, as Frank mentioned today, he said the next 48 hours are going to be crazy. There could be plenty of deals. And, you know, the selections are one thing for the Seattle Kraken. We know most of them. They'll all be made official tonight. But what happens with those players going into the draft on Friday, I think is going to be incredibly interesting. I, I don't think we should assume that all of these players will be wearing Kraken jerseys when they drop the puck in October. 
Yeah, I agree. We still might see some uh, deals. I know, you know, Vegas took some guys, then immediately flipped them. As far as the Jets go, I think, again, they have the depth to withstand the Appleton loss. You know, um, it could be Toninato, who they signed, Veselainen, Perfetti. And then they also lost Stasny as well. So that's two two holes you're going to need to fill. Um, Gustafson also, you know, a guy who can step in. So we'll wait and see if there's go strictly internal or do they go and try to bring someone else in? Uh, Andrew Kopp, he's an RFA. Does he sign, you know, a one-year deal or do they make a long-term deal? That's something, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see as well. But yeah, Appleton was the play easier play for the Jets, easier for them to lose him. Um, their defense already not great. You need to have a guy like DeMello who signed for three years at a manageable cap hit. So uh, I think the Jets made out kind of how we... We thought so good for them. And yeah, then, Tracy asking, huh? Where did yeah. they say a report losing Sassney? It was just well, that he's so, unrestricted. Sorry, he's, free a, agent. he's a, he's a yeah. UFA. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Unless he's, they re sign him, uh, which, yeah. you know, still absolutely could it's happen. Uh, but it hasn't happened but yet. I'm just saying, as of now, he's not on the roster. He's a UFA. So I can't say definitively one way or the other. So you're assuming, okay, you have to find a spot. Sorry about, sorry if there was a confusion uh, there, but. Um, and so Seattle, yeah, I mean, they're looking like salt team, you know, do you want to go through their roster? I kind of lost, uh, lost my train of thought there, but for the jets, I mean, who are they going to sign? You know, is David Savar an option? Were they looking at him at the trade trade line deadline? I thought, uh, Oleksiak and Larson would have been good options for them. Is Alec Martinez an option? And how many rookies did they play? Do they play Hanala and someone else? Or do they go, you know, Sandberg and Stanley? Like is Hanala Stanley? You're a third pair and you try to sign a guy and you go Morrissey DeMello. I mean, I'm I have no idea, but I think you definitely need to bring one, maybe two guys from the outside. Yeah, and listen, and that will be a, a huge topic. And I guess, you know, and I think Mal Paris just mentioned, I mean, there are players right now. I mean, like Vince Dunn is going to uh the Kraken. Um, you know, we've heard the Jets may be interested in him. There has been some rumors potentially about a deal with the Jets getting Rasmus Ristolainen out of uh, Buffalo. I believe he's got one year left on his contract. I, mean, I think for players that the Jets are getting, you know, you know, assuming that they sign Neil Pionk to some sort of a, a substantial extension where they'll have Morrissey here relatively long-term, Pionk presumably long-term. Um, you've got DeMello for three more seasons. Uh, and then moving in all of these young players on ELCs, you know, the Jets will be in a pretty good position. I think and will have the ability to add, you know, another player or two. Um, I think they certainly do want to have spaces and opportunity for the likes of Hanela and Sandberg. And, you know, I, I think you can pretty much pencil Stanley into the top six going into next season. Um, but all that could change very quickly when uh, when we um, when we see what happens over the course of these uh, certainly the next the next couple of days. Hey, Owen, why? Shout out! Thanks very much for the super chat, dude. Great to uh, we really do uh, we really do appreciate it. Um, Remo, let's start talking about some of the players that were selected, and maybe we'll start off with some of the players that weren't selected. Um, you know, our focus in here really for the last couple of months is who are the Jets losing? What does that mean for the team going forward? And as we mentioned, Mason Appleton will be a member of the Kraken announced tonight. Um, and, you know, he had a great run here in Winnipeg, a sixth round pick, earned every single opportunity that he got. And you know, I know he'll get a warm welcome from Winnipeg Jet fans when they come back here. Players that will not be going to Seattle, though, included, you know, the biggest name on the uh, on the list. And that, of course, was Carey Price, Reem. Um, and listen, I get it. I mean, would they love to have Carey Price? Absolutely. But committing 
to $10.5 million a year for five more seasons for Carey Price, um, despite all that he would bring to the organization. Um, certainly didn't seem like the prudent way for Ron Francis to go. And, you know, there looks like they're going to be, uh, you know, working with the likes of Chris Dreger, signed from Florida, Manitoban. What a great story he is. And then a couple younger goaltenders, Vitek Vanacek from the Washington Capitals. And Joey Decord, who, um, you know, sort of got in and, you know, got a chance to show what he could do in Ottawa last year. I think Ottawa was upset to lose him. Uh, but another talented young goaltender um, there going forward for the uh, for the Seattle Kraken. So uh, were you at all surprised that Price didn't go or sort of what you were expecting? Yeah, I mean, I could have seen them picking Price, but I think with the other goalies available and... It seemed like the way they picked their team, they went with a lot of flexibility. They didn't really pick any of those guys who had the big, um, the big salaries for a, you know long term. And we can get into why they didn't pick uh, Tarasenko or any of the the Philly guys, uh, Voracek, JVR. So uh, I think it makes sense not to pick Carey Price as much as you know, you'd like to have him. Um, you know, Bergevin made the right call here because you know ten million a year for a guy who's thirty four. Uh, you know, they put out, the, you know, that he had the injury issues as well for this year. <laughs> I don't know if that, you know, put him off the scent, but I, I agree. I don't think you can you can have that big of a commitment, especially $80 million. That's like one eighth of your whole salary to one player. I don't know. It was a goalie. And I don't know if that's that's the right move. So I, well, I like I like what they did here. Well, and, and listen, and I talked about this yesterday a bit on the show, as well as Christian O'Mell on CGOB last night. The other thing that why you know, part of it was the other defenseman available. And I think that became more and more clear, especially when um, Jamie Alexiak and Adam Larson were sort of added to uh, added to the mix early on um, that there were going to be some solid defensemen available. Um, and, you know, maybe not a lot of Mason Appleton's there. And not only does Appleton come in, can pop, plug and play into the middle six and, you know, has some good potential going forward. But the fact that he makes 900 grand is big. And, and, and Remo, I, I really do look, and we'll see, I don't have the number in front of me, but we'll see exactly what the salary looks like for the Seattle Kraken once things get done. Right now, what I'm looking at, I mean, they've got two forwards over $5 million in Everly and Yanni Gord, just two over $3 million in Jonas Donskoy, and our guy Brandon Tanev will be uh, heading over to be part of the expansion team. And on the blue line, you've got one guy, Flames captain or former now captain, Mark Giordano, at 6.75. Everybody else, uh, Carson Soucy's 2.7. All the other guys either... The UFA signed deals, and we'll find out Larson's going to be in and around forward. Imagine Alexiak will be there as well. But the reason why I mention all this is that once things are done, we are going to have a situation uh, where the Seattle Kraken are going to be able to weaponize their cap space. And we could be seeing players traded through one or maybe two teams and the Kraken able to get more assets because, um, you know, they're willing to take on and utilize some of their cap space uh, for some teams that are in really heavy jams right now, Reem. So um, I, I'm fascinated for this next couple of days, both, you know, what it might mean for the Winnipeg Jets, but also how Ron Francis uses arguably his most valuable asset right now, and that's his ability to take on salary. 
Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I think maybe we'll have some deals tonight or in the upcoming days. You do have a number of super chats, Huss. I don't know if you saw Mitch these. Jansen. What up, Mitch? Yeah, Mitch, Mitch. our man. Going in. Oh, and Mark Ald, too. This is <laughs> Bart Omen. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. Where this is all coming, but we really do appreciate it, folks. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Shout out to, uh, it was Mark Mark Ald saying, in honor of uh, DeMello, adding two cents at the end of his super, <laughs> super chat. So uh, that's... That's pretty funny. So thank you guys uh, all, all, uh, all for that. That's very, uh, very generous. And and I agree with you, Hus. I think they wanted to pick guys here. I can pull up the list. Mike McIntyre tweeted this out. I don't know um, who put this, but it's Cap Friendlies with the. I, I think Mike did. I think just Mike went in and just started picking all of the players that yeah. um, the uh, the Frank Saravelli yeah. had dropped one Frank bomb at a time. Yeah. So this is um, pretty. Pretty cool. I think. Can you guys see all those? Yeah, I think you guys can see that. So should be able to do here's it. The that, are you on the forwards? Okay. Yeah, these are the forwards. forwards. So, um, yeah, I thought Kelly Yarnkark was. There's a couple of no-brainer picks. Donskoy, I thought was a no-brainer from Colorado. Three point nine million for two years. He was very good for them. You know, second second line role can play first line when needed. Kelly Yarnkark as well. I mean, two million twenty nine years old. And I agree, Appleton, because he's 900,000. And Frank Cervelli said he called him a slam dunk. You know, he can score 10 to 15 goals, middle six forward. He goes hard to the net. Uh, he's an RFA, so you're going to have him for, you know, longer. So I thought that was a good one. Uh, there were some surprises here. Uh, this Carson Twarinski, I think people were like, who is this guy on Philly? They didn't take a JVR or uh, JVR or uh, Voracek. And I agree. And they just wanted to go with guys, um, you know, didn't have long-term deals. And if they were long-term, I mean, Tanev, 3.5 mil. I mean, he's going to be a fan favorite there, Huss, the way that oh, he plays. Oh, God, you know what? I yeah. wasn't sure where they jump on him because, I mean, I think you could make the argument he's a little overpaid for what he brings. But, I mean, he's an exciting player. He does a lot of things that you want to have on your hockey club. And, you know, hey, they've got some cost certainty in that role for the next four years, albeit at three and a half million dollars, but they're able to bring on players like that because I mean, they've got that room. Jared McCann's interesting. Uh, of course the Leafs acquired him for a prospect and a pick. Um, and then, you know, figured that they would either lose him or Kerfoot and ended up being him going forward. So, you know, pretty nice work by Kyle Dubas uh, for it. But yeah, I, I expected Yarncroc. He was sort of the guy that I picked. Uh, I wasn't sure about Tyler Pitlick. Interesting that he is there. Mm-hmm. But a guy like Appleton sticks out because we know what he brings. He's 25 years old, younger than most of the other players that were available. He's 900 grand for next year and then a restricted free agent. So every single million dollars that Ron Francis saves while making these picks is money that he can use in free agency or as part of trades to take on players that I think really more so even than Vegas did could set them up for future success with assets, because as we've discussed at length here, Reem, um, man, there's a lot of individuals that, um, you know, would uh, would love to, basically, you've got all of these players uh, there, you've got an extra 20 million bucks, there's teams that are screwed at the cap, and no one has more of an opportunity to swing those deals than Ron Francis. Yeah, I agree, and flexibility is huge, so we'll wait and see what they do. The Jared McCann one was interesting, because they traded a player and a seventh round pick to get Jared McCann, and then opted to pick uh, protect what four and four. When you know the Maple Leafs D wasn't wasn't great, and I think it was between like Hole and then Kerfoot and yeah. McCann. And I I don't know, McCann could have been a good player for them, but they traded him, and 
I guess, to protect the rest of their roster when, you know, this was a team that couldn't, you know, beat Montreal uh, in the first round. So I think there's some people questioning uh, Kyle Dubas, you know, giving up assets to protect a player. They then lost. Um, I think Yanni Gord, like, he's going to be, like, their top-line center right now. And For he's, sure. He's been an awesome player. And Eberly. I think manageable cap at five and a half. I think it was him or was it uh, Josh? Was it Josh Bailey? But I mean, the Islanders now, they lost the uh, lad deal, although he's been on injured for a while. But Eberly, some salary. You know, do they go, you know, make a swing at free agency, try to bring in some, uh, you know, someone? I, I think the Islanders, you know, they got reigning GM of the year, Lou Lamorello. They're their team to watch us. Well, and, and, you know, and we didn't even talk. I mean, I was away on Monday. And at some point, we'll discuss the significance of the Andrew Ladd trade. Who was the trade was Andrew Ladd, a second rounder, <laughs> another second rounder, and a third rounder to Arizona for no return. I mean, it's one of the most bizarre trades you've seen in the National Hockey League in a long time. Um, Taylor says, "What up, Tay? Uh, there are apparently some players picked only for trades. Absolutely. I mean, there will be some of these players, and who knows? The Jets could be in on some of those guys." Um, you know, especially on the blue line. Although the guys I think that they were most interested in probably looking at in free agency, Jamie Alexiak, Adam Larson reportedly signed, and uh, they'll be the players that move over from uh, that spot. And yes, Sandy and uh, Sandy and G, they'll have two ex Winnipeg guys that crash the net and get into dirty areas, Tanev and Appleton. It will be cool when uh, the Kraken eventually come to Winnipeg uh, that we'll be able to. Uh, see both of those guys together. I mean, Tanev was a big fan favorite. And, you know, I, I really do think that Winnipeg fans, you know, we're going to miss Mason Appleton. I, I was really high on him going into last season. I thought he did everything that he was asked of and more and really established himself on that on that wing along with uh, Lowry and Cop. And assuming the Cop signs and is back next year, um, you know, before we saw it, when Brandon Tanev was in a role there, uh, we've seen a number of guys get into it, but few, I think, fit in as well as Mason Appleton did. So certainly it'll be a big opportunity for, you know, is it Jansen Harkins? Is it Veselainen? Um, is it Dominic Toninato? Not too sure, uh, but that will be a challenge. But listen, replacing Appleton on that wing, I think um, the best of two options, if the other side was replacing Dylan DeMello on the right side of the Jet Blue line. Yeah, and one thing that I've seen um, other people say is, you know, they shouldn't have signed Lowry so early uh, because, you know, they could have, they wouldn't have had to protect him and they could have protected Appleton. I was like, look, man, they offered Lowry a really fair contract. Lowry accepted. Do you want to risk him not accepting it? And, um, you know, maybe waiting to hear other offers. What if someone swooped in and offered him more money? And he says, you know what, that sounds a lot better than what the Jets are offering. So, look, they had a chance. They locked up Lowry long term. I have no problem with them, you know, signing. And same thing with them. I mean, you're seeing it with uh, the free agents, Alexiak and Larson. I mean, they took the deals. Maybe they could have waited, but they said, you know what? This is a good deal. I'm, I'm going to take it. I think there's also speculation. Well, could they have taken like a handshake deal with Seattle and Seattle takes a, a player from that team and then, um, and then, and then, sorry, I see your text. Yeah. Yeah. Grant's going uh, audio, audio only. Okay. So, so he, he's in, he's in. But, um, you know, you look, you have a chance to sign a guy and uh, lock him up uh, while you can. Well, listen, we'll have a more uh, expansion draft talk. Uh, Seattle Kraken in a second. We'll discuss the Jets going forward. And and we'll kind of expand on some of the things that you just mentioned, Remus. Players that, you know, may be on the move 
after being selected by the Kraken. Um, and regardless, whether it's a player through the Kraken or going into free agency, and of course the draft weekend, what Kevin Shoveldayoff might do to try to continue improving the Winnipeg Jet Blue Line. Listen, before we get to uh, Grant, do want to thank a few of our sponsors, including Royal Sports. Uh, was down at Royal uh, a couple days ago getting a couple discs. Uh, and I have to say, the Jets merch there, the Bomber merch is ready to go. Uh, I imagine in a couple days we'll probably have a Milwaukee Bucks championship merch. What an incredible performance by Giannis. We'll touch on that a little bit later on. Uh, but whether it's uh, licensed merchandise, fitness gear, hockey, soccer, baseball, incredible selection of bikes, uh, the, is the goat of stores Everything you need, sports, activities, outdoors is there at Royal Sports. Check them out at 650 Rally Knee K or the Superstore with King Skate Snow and Surf at 750 Pemina Highway. Uh, also, a big shout out to our friends at the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, including DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Uh, it, it's finally cooled down a little bit. Maybe less lines for your nightly blizzard. Pop by to any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. And of course, if you've got an event coming up now that we're gathering together again, hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. Give them a follow and send them a message. You can get that cake set up and just pop by and pick it up at one of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. Uh, and of course, Boston Pizza, the new summer menu is here. The patios are open. The restaurants are open. The lounges are open. And it's time to get back and get together at Boston Pizza. When you're there, you can check out the new summer menu, including the honey dill fried chicken sandwich, burger Italiano, and their summer cocktails, bulldog margarita fish bowl, white sangria smash, the peachy mojito royale, and the galaxy fish bowl available now at your local Boston Pizza. All right, well, we're talking a lot of expansion draft. The focus is going to move to Friday's NHL draft. And we'll be spending quite a bit of time over the next few days, uh, you know, chopping it up and figuring out who is going to go where and how that might and what that might mean for our teams going forward. Uh, and we always love to catch up with our pal Grant McKegg from Recruits.ca to discuss the upcoming draft. Uh, Grant, can you hear me okay? How's things? Hey, everything's good. Uh, just hey, before we get into the draft, uh, what have you made of uh, what we've learned so far about uh, the uh, first player selected by the Seattle Kraken? And who was that? Well, uh, it wasn't Carey Price. I mean, if you go through, you go through the entire list. I mean, you were there in Montreal. Were you surprised that? I mean, the, the fact that you know the guy that just got them to the Stanley Cup final was even available for an expansion team, considering how important he is to the Habs. Absolutely, had to. Uh... Bergman had to steal the show there. I guess he's uh, he likes being in the spotlight this uh, this year. That's for sure. It's it's it was a bit crazy, and uh, Habs fans were uh, on tether hooks there for the last <laughs> last few days. But um, yeah, I you know I I was hoping that it was a it was a gamble that would that uh, would work for the Habs because uh, just from a you know a, a emotional standpoint, you don't like to see. Uh, Price leave. You'd like to see him uh, play his entire career with the, with the Canadians. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. Um, and you know, here in Winnipeg it was interesting. I mean, we'd spent a lot of time heading into the weekend talking about who the Jets would protect, uh, and it seemed like it was obvious Josh Morrissey was going to be protected, Neil Pionk was going to be protected. They had enough forwards; they were going to have to protect seven of them, which meant only three defensemen. Um, and 
you know, I'd been saying for the last couple of months, I think Logan Stanley had played himself, you know, into a position that the Jets were not going to be willing to even to take the risk of losing him. That is what happened. But a lot of people were very concerned, considering the Jets' weak spot right now is the defense core, that they might be losing a pretty dependable player in Dylan DeMello. But in the end, it was Mason Appleton on that $900,000 contract after a really strong year was the selection. What do you make of the decisions the Jets made to protect Logan Stanley and in the end lose Mason Appleton? I think they decided that there's more value in uh, in um, going to free agency and getting some guys than, than some of the big ticket contracts that were available like Voracek. I thought they might take Voracek, but they, uh, um, you know, a couple of guys like that, uh, maybe Tarasenko, maybe Price. Uh, I think they ultimately decided that, uh, you know, they're going to get value, a lot of value contracts and then try to um, uh, try to fortify, you know, the top lines with some uh, free agents as opposed to um, and, and some deals as well, as opposed to maybe doing it at the expansion draft. Uh, it was interesting. I thought I figured it was either DeMello or, or Appleton that would go. Uh, I kind of lean towards uh, DeMello. I mean, I think I think he's an underrated defenseman. I really uh, I was a little surprised, you know, in, in a sense. I mean, I understand you you traded a you know a twenty second pick and thirty sixth pick to get Logan Stanley, <laughs> you know, and then you uh, and then you let him go. Uh, you know, it, it would have been a hard choice, right? And he did play. He did play, um, well, he had that big game against the Canadians and stuff in the playoffs. And I think if he didn't have that game, it's pretty interesting. I, I was wondering, you know, if the, if he hadn't had that big game there, if uh, if they would have leaned towards uh, keeping DeMello. But, yeah, it was, uh, um, I, I think a, a lot of the choices I made were ones that I figured they'd make. And, um uh, they're going for value, I think, as, as good as anything, and then try to... Uh, swing some trades and, and go to free agency to get some big, big ticket guys. Grant McKegg's with us getting ready for Friday's NHL entry draft. A great crew in here, by the way, if you're with us live on YouTube, do us a favor, hit that thumbs up button. We could definitely use the likes. And if you haven't already subscribed, we're just about a 5,000. We'll have a bunch of prizes to give away. Uh, make sure you hit that red subscribe button and join us daily for the latest on the Winnipeg sports scene and around the world of sports here on Winnipeg sports talk daily. All right. So let's get to the, uh, to your, uh, main focus and that of course is the draft grant uh, let me just ask you a big picture question we've gone through this unprecedented time of a global pandemic leagues have been shut down people haven't been traveling how difficult was it to scout this year's draft class for uh for friday night <laughs> it was uh yeah i mean and i didn't get to see any live games this year so um you know, I mean, I, I'm not a jet setter by any means. I don't get to over to Europe and all over North America, but I get to as many games as I can. Uh, I live in, in Ottawa, so I'm able to go to a lot of, you know, the queue, obviously with Gatineau right there and, and Ottawa 67s, I get to uh, I get to see a lot of um, junior games from those two leagues and, and I get out to as many tournaments as possible. But this year, uh, with with all of the players not playing a full season and um, uh, you know not being able to go to rinks and the bubbles and and the OHL not playing at all and it was uh, it it I think especially after the top twenty this year it's just going to be all over the board uh, NHL lists are going to be just so different 
and it's good i i think more than ever there's going to be a lot of trades you know you'll see uh like at the 40th pick somebody will be there saying well, holy geez we still got a guy that's in our top 15 here let's trade up let's trade up and get him i was talking to bob mckenzie uh last week about it and he said like he's never seen the He's never seen listed or, you know, there's guys that are in the 20 range with one team that's not even in the top 50 with others. And I found that with his list, there was two or three guys that he had in the 20s that I've ranked in, in the 50s. And, and all the NHL scouts that I talked to uh, didn't like them in their top 40 either. So it's a, I, I think it's going to be, uh, there's going to be more movement than, than normal. And uh a lot of a lot of teams trading picks and teams thinking, well, we can get a steal here if we move up. And conversely, maybe teams saying, well, I think our guys that we really like are going to be they're still going to be there 10, 15, 20 spots down. So let's move down and get more assets. So I, I think it'll be a very eventful, uh, especially uh, Saturday, I think will be extremely eventful. Grant, let's start at the top of the board. Um, the one thing that seems to be as close to a consensus, and that might be the only thing for this draft, is Owen Power going number one. Uh, are you on side with that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, um, all of the the scouts that I talked to and myself, uh, especially after the World Championships, I mean, geez, to, to see a kid go from eighth, seventh, eighth uh, on, you know, the pecking order to being uh, getting the top minutes of anybody uh, by the end of the tournament playing against men at his age, I think he proved uh, beyond a doubt that uh, uh, he's going to be able to step into Buffalo's lineup and, uh, and play heavy minutes right from day one, I believe. And uh, I mean, they have such a need. You, you, you want more than one uh, top pairing defenseman and, and people say, well, what about, you know, they play the same side. Well, I, you know him and Darlene. Every contending team, I think, in in history, almost has had. You, you got to have two guys on on one side that are. You know, you got to have two pairings. Uh, I mean, Montreal, the big three back in the day, they had Lapointe and Robinson. You know, uh, even Montreal today, they had Petrie and Weber on the same side. You need sometimes it, it makes sense to have your best two defensemen being on the same side. And you play them on the top two pairs because they're they're going to play, you know, forty minutes to fifty minutes a game. So you, there's always pretty much all the top teams have two really good scoring lines, and you want uh, you want the two stud defensemen on the same side. So I can't see Buffalo passing on them. Yeah. So assuming that 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 happens, then of course it's Ron Francis and the Seattle Kraken making their first ever selection at number two overall. Um, this is where I, I mean I've seen different mock drafts with a number of different players. Um, if you're Ron Francis uh, Grant, um, who attracts you the most in the two hole? Yeah, it's going to be uh, it, it, it's a great question. I um, I think it's between the two centermen. Myself, uh, I'm a big Mason McTavish fan, and if if I were if I was Ronnie Francis, I would take I would take him. Uh, but I mean I. It seems like most people feel that it's going to be Beneers, and I, I certainly have no issue with that that as well. But uh, McTavish at the uh, under 18s, just you know, and I, in speaking with with Andre Tournier, who who was really close to that team, and I speak to quite a bit. Just he his leadership qualities, uh, you know, he he wants to win. He's just all character, all character, and he's going to be a top two centerman. Uh, I think that's a great building block for a team for a young franchise, you know, he'll be, uh, 
he'll be a great mentor down the road to uh, all the young players that I'm sure they're going to have as, as they build here. Um, I really, uh, if it were up to me, it'd be McTavish, but certainly I think it's, it's either McTavish or Veneers and you, uh, you, you build around the, uh, the, the young centerman that, you know, hopefully can be a number one center for you. I, I, like once you get past Owen Power, uh, Grant, in, in your mind and the the recruits team as you put together the draft guide, how big is that second tier of players? I mean, we've talked about the two guys that'll be there for Seattle, but it, it certainly seems that you know there's a bunch of players. I mean, Eklund and Hughes, Clark Johnson, Edmondson, even that we've seen you know potentially being say top five picks. I mean, is is there a clear tier below Power, and where does that end? I believe so. I I think it's. Uh... Certainly, skater-wise, I think there's a top nine. Um, Bob Bob's list and my list ended up having the same top nine. Like it's with Genther. You throw Genther in there and all those other names that you mentioned. I, I think that's the the clear top nine skaters. And I mean, you can argue the two goalies uh, in you know in with that mix uh, and making it eleven. So I think it's it's eleven guys, and then you have the then it's. You know, one guy will have Lucius, another guy will have Rosen, another guy will have Othman, uh, Coronado. There, there's probably Lysel. Teams will probably have 20 different guys in, in that next spot, I believe. And that's when that's when things will really start to get interesting. And you could see some movement even in the top 20 um, because of that. Uh, also, I think, you know, a goalie, uh, teams that maybe want a goalie more than others, uh, uh, there could be some movement even that I've heard that LA could move. Uh, personally, I think they need a goalie. <laughs> you know, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they stayed put and took a goalie or maybe move back a couple spots and think, well, one of the goalies is going to be there. Uh, we'll take him, you know, we'll get him then. But uh, uh, there's a lot of teams that could use goalies. And I think this is going to be the first draft in uh, decades. that has two guys, two goalies go in the top 15. Perhaps uh, top 11. Uh, it is interesting, especially with some of the teams in the mix team like Ottawa that, you know, has done a great job of drafting a number of core pieces going forward and, you know, maybe does make a push for uh, a truly elite goalie uh, to join the mix. Grant McHagg's with us. Grant, uh, before we go, I want to ask you about one player in particular. We had the pleasure of having Carson Lambos on the program yesterday from the Winnipeg Ice. Of course, he played in Finland for a while last year, only got in two games in the WHL and uh, then a health condition shut him down. Um, what do you make of his draft stock going in and uh, might he be available and might he be a good choice for the Winnipeg Jets if he was available at 18? Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they took the, the, the boy that they, that they would know intimately, you know, uh, certainly if any team knows uh, has a background on him, it would be Winnipeg and Winnipeg is always, put a lot of emphasis on character of character of players. And I think that Lambos is certainly uh, fits the bill in that department. Uh, maybe a little bit of concern health wise, but uh, I, I think that's a pretty common procedure, you know, that, that he, that he had done. And uh, so I don't know that that will drop him. Um, not playing and, and playing in Finland and, uh, you know, maybe a bit of a concern, it was kind of tough to uh, project them this year. Um, guys, I, most of the guys that I talked to dropped them. That, um, you know, I mean, he, he was, I believe he was the first overall pick in the Bantam draft. And um, 
he, he hasn't quite lived up to that uh, offensively to, to date, but uh, just a solid, solid defenseman that can probably play in the top four. That's a really good skater. And um, yeah, Winnipeg has that need certainly. And that wouldn't surprise me at all that they, uh, if they pulled the trigger on, on Lambos at 18. Now, uh, Grant, of course, the site is recruits, R-E-C-R-U-T-E-S dot C-A. The 2021 NHL draft guide is out for all the draft nuts that want to do a crash course before Friday and Saturday. Um, how can they pick it up and what is waiting for hockey fans in the recruits draft guide? Well, just go to the site and uh, there's a big picture of the of the cover on this on the site. You click on that and uh, and you can subscribe pretty easily there. Uh you know, I'm also posting links all the time on Twitter. If you follow me on on uh, on Twitter, and um, I'm posting links for the draft guide all the time. So we're hoping to get a you know get a little bunt here the last few days. As uh, I think people have been a little distracted by the expansion draft, and uh, sales have been a little slow in the last week or two. But uh, here's hoping that uh, we, we get uh, we get get a few more people that, you know, get revved up for the draft as the expansion draft gets out of the way here. Yeah, Michael Remus has got the uh, the site up on the uh, screen. If you're watching on YouTube right now, you can follow Grant at Grant McCagg and uh, recruits.ca is the site. I will say, folks, uh, you know, I have used the recruits.ca all those years. We went to the draft and, you know, we needed to figure out who the heck was getting picked going forward. It was an absolute godsend. So uh, if you are into the draft and you'd like to learn more about these players that are going to be selected to be the future of NHL organizations going forward, get to the site right now, pick it up before the festivities get going. Grant, it's great to talk to you again, my friend. Thanks so much for doing this and enjoy the festivities on the weekend. Yeah, you too. Always a pleasure, guys. Great stuff. There he is, Grant McCagg, at Grant McCagg, and recruits.ca is uh, is where you'll uh, you'll get the draft guide. All right, we're going to uh, focus in on the Winnipeg Jets and uh, everything we've learned today from Frank and the rest of the gang in a minute. Um, before we do that, I do want to thank Not Autocorp for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk from day one. If you're looking for a new vehicle for you and the family, why not get a great deal on the car of your dreams over at Not Autocorp at Waverly and McGillivray. You can pop by, see incredible selections of vehicles, including a number of Teslas. They're getting more in every week. And uh, they'll also detail your car, service, so much more available over at Not Autocorp. And if you're looking to get out of a vehicle, if you're in a lease or you've got one, you're looking to trade, I've got a very successful consignment program that can help you get max value for your vehicle while you move into your new one. It's all there at Not Autocorp. See them online at not.ca or visit them at Waverly and McGilvery. And of course, Little Brown Jug. Uh, we had a few on the boat out at the uh, at Aikens Lake, and I'm looking forward to heading down to the tap room on William Avenue now that we're able to get together again, pop in for one of the delicious new summer loggers which you can see me holding right here, the new Hefeweizen. Those are both available in the summer um, the summer variety pack right now. And, of course, the old mainstay, the 1919, which is my personal favorite. You can pick it up at Little Brown Jug. Or home delivery makes it easier than ever to get the great taste of LBJ. Go to littlebrownjug.ca. If you order by 4 p.m., 
same day delivery anywhere in the city of Winnipeg. And make sure to check out their events page as well as to where Little Brown Jug will be out in the community. I know they were at the Wolseley Farmers Market, Victoria Beach lately, all over the place. Um, so connect with Little Brown Jug. Enjoy Little Brown Jug, whether it's at home or at the Taproom and Patio on William Avenue. And a big shout out to our friends at Breezy Bend. Again, Braxton Kuntz, another win, wins the Manitoba Amateur Championship. Another big title for our friends at Breezy. I know how proud Corey Johnson and everyone is over at the course. So congratulations to Braxton. Uh, we've talked about the incredible junior program that continues to churn out players like our amateur champion. You can find out more on uh, everything waiting for you and your family for next season and get on the waiting list at breezyben.ca or giving them a shout to Corey Johnson. All right, let's uh, focus in on the Jets. Uh, what we know, what may happen going into the weekend, and of course next week in free agency with our guy Scott Billick from the Winnipeg Sun. Scotty, thanks so much for doing this. Hey, before we get to uh, important business, tell us about the golf game yesterday. You, Weber, Mike, Kevin O, a murderer's row out at Falcon Lake. How was the course? Good times or what? Yeah, the course was unbelievable. Um, soft fairways, quick greens. It was good. Yeah, shot a 92, which is nice. good for me. Um, had a 43 on the back nine. So that, that was that was nice. Um, kind of got the, got the swing, and I was able to kind of sort out the greens a little bit. It's one of those where you, 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 know, you either think you're going to put it too short or you're going to put it too long and you just never put it in the right spot. So it was, uh, yeah, no, it was a good day. Um, nice out, uh, not that hot um, and not that smoky, which was, uh, which was nice. So, yeah, great course. Great time out there. I mean, it's just, it's always an excellent. Yeah, you just had to, to deal with those. Balls, you so. just had to deal with those three rubes, but uh, whatever. If you're playing <laughs> Falcon, you, know, you do what you got to do. All of them, listen, it looked like yeah. a lot of fun. And that was jealous as we were doing the show, watching you guys out there. Um, all right, well, let's start it off. I mean, we pretty much, not a lot of suspense going into tonight's expansion <laughs> draft show. Shout out to Frank for dropping Frank, yeah. bomb after bomb all morning. I mean, what an incredible performance. As far as insider performances go, this is about the closest thing we've seen to Adrian Wojnarowski and the way he runs things yeah. in the NBA. Um, but of course, the news uh, looks like Mason Appleton is going to be the guy that is a member of the Kraken, which means the Jets, in some ways, I think, to many, dodge a bullet and don't lose Dylan DeMello. Um, you know, they already had work to do on the blue line, and a loss of Dylan DeMello would have, uh, you know, really increased what Kevin Sheveldaff needs to do. Is this sort of best case scenario for the Winnipeg Jets, as great of a player as Appleton was for Winnipeg? Yeah, I, I, 100%. I think so. And, and you know, it, it's bad to say that because, but you knew, like, you always knew you were going to lose somebody, right? Yeah. Unless you, you know, do some sort of side deal. But everything we heard leading into the side deals were all these were, it was quite expensive, right? We're going to find out a bunch of them, I think, though, because if you look at some of the players that were taken this morning, uh, you suspect there's some side deals in there, given some of the names that a lot of people have probably haven't even heard of, um, including myself on a couple of guys. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I, you lose Appleton, but that that's kind of where you have more of a, I don't want to say a glut, because, I mean, you know, the prospect pool in Winnipeg has depleted quite a bit, um, in, especially up front. Um, but you still have Jansen Harkins, Christian Veselainen, guys like that who, who can still step up in the organization. Appleton, obviously great, um, a good player, but, you you know, this is the, the big problem was, you already had a, a, an issue on the blue line heading into the offseason, and, and you've had it for a couple of years now. Dylan DeMello has been that guy who has been able to kind of solidify a little bit at least. 
Um, you know, part of that part, possibly Josh Morrissey's, you know, defensive partner going for don't know yet, uh, depending what, you know, Kevin Chevalier can do um, it, over the off season. But um, yeah, it, it, you didn't want to make the problem worse. And, and, and that was the, the risk that the Jets took. I mean, there was the risk that they would take Dylan DeMello, but although in the days leading up, you know, what I had heard was, you know, Mason Appleton was the guy. And I think it's because of just the way that, that, that Seattle went, they valued, very much cap space. They have a lot of it, um, and they'll be able to take a lot of snipes in, in free agency and and whatever else they decide to do with the, the you know whatever they have massed here in in, in when it comes to um, you know these side deals and that sort of thing. I also think the one thing that they that, you know that, that was good for the Jets is Mikhail Burden still in the organization. I, I thought there would be some look at at him as well. Um, you know, an up and coming kind of prospect goaltender who. Who could be quite good, uh, but you know, you see with the way that Seattle went with Foley's, um, they went with some young prospects as well, anyways. So, um, yeah, you know, as it, difficult as it would be for fans to, to to look at that and see, oh, Mason Appleton's gone. I, I think a large chunk of fans are happy that you know the defense didn't get worse than it you know it is right now currently, and and, and they can now focus quite heavily. The Jets can on upgrading their defense which is you know priority number one times like a thousand right now this yeah, yeah absolutely and i mean as i said if dylan DeMello is all of a sudden not in the mix um that yeah. you know it exponentially makes it you know it just more i mean it's sort of like what's happened in edmonton i mean in edmonton yeah. I, was, I did the lock shop with dusty earlier today and you know he's doing his show in the morning and they're all talking about the expansion draft and get the bomb dropped that adam larson's just signed with the kraken and yeah. he's gone and I mean, he's a guy, it was funny, the two guys we heard this morning that had signed that were free agents, Adam Larson and Jamie Alexiak, were yep. players I'm sure would have been getting a call from the Winnipeg Jets to play sure. on that. You know, certainly Larson on the right side. I mean, how good would he have looked in the top four uh, with Winnipeg? But the fact of the matter was, when those guys got signed, um, I think from a Jets perspective, you probably felt a little bit better about maybe dodging that bullet with DeMello. Yep. And back to your point about the cap space and the salary. I mean, Mason Appleton, I think, just on performance and the fact that he's 25 years old uh, is a great addition for the Kraken. But when yep. you consider the fact that he's 900K for this year and what that allows Ron Francis to do with cap space, it's one thing to take a run at free agents. Yep. But to be honest, Scott, I think that's going to be secondary for Seattle. I think that cap space is going to be weaponized in a big way to, I, you know, to go in to work with the Tampa to some of these other teams that yeah. are screwed for the cap. Ron Francis has more cap space than anyone, and they'll be yeah. taking players, they'll be taking prospects, they'll be taking futures for this. I mean, we'll see a team get closer to the cap. A whole bunch of it might be dead money, yeah. but that will all come to fruition down the road. Um, they're in a pretty good situation when you consider the flat cap, I think, helps the Kraken more than any team in the NHL. I agree. And one name I'd be looking out for is, is Jack Eichel. I mean, if you're the Kraken, do you take a swing at Jack Eichel at this point? You know, you, you're going to have, again, we'll see what these side deals, you know, kind of amass that team, uh, amass Seattle. But, I mean, do you start taking a, a good look at Jack Eichel being your number one center on your team, your captain, because he can just move right into there too, you know, being the captain of the Sabres, name him as your captain. I mean, maybe that's the guy that you go after. What about Dougie Hamilton? Do you want Dougie Hamilton? Now you have the money to go after him too, or make deals, right? I mean, who do you, who can you go and poach from from Tampa now, right? You already got Yanni Gord. Can you get Kalorn? Can you get 
you know, uh, I don't know, Joseph, uh, maybe you want Tyler Johnson. I don't know if you want Tyler Johnson. Um, but I mean, yeah, like there, there's, there's options, right? I mean, and that's the thing, like cap space is so important now. We've seen that here in Winnipeg with, you know, what the Jets were unable to do because he had to sign back, you know, two years ago, Patrick Line, Kyle Connor, um, you know, just having to plan ahead for that, knowing you can't maybe try and bring in a big ticket guy or whatever you need to do. You also saw what happened when they lost all their defensemen the same that same summer. They couldn't restock on defensemen because they were trying to sign Line and Connor, and that went all the way to the last day of, of, of training camp. And it just it handcuffs you not ha- being able to have that money, um, you know, no, and no different than in just real life. I mean, having money around is, is good, and in the NHL, it, it, it's it's just primo. And so, yeah, it, it's it's interesting, and I'm really interested to see. I mean, do you go after Alandis Cog? Um, do you go after a guy like, I, I think Jack Eichel's a guy, I think Seattle goes for him. I, we'll see. I mean, this is pure speculation on my part, but I think of the asking price that we've heard coming out of Buffalo for him, um, what Seattle has. I mean, if, if you were Seattle this year, I mean, yeah, you have the second overall pick. Do you like that pick? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm so interested on how this draft goes this year. I know we're going to get into it, but because of just how little players played last year, a lot of different scenarios with COVID and all that sort of thing. You know, I wonder if you kind of Buffalo, you look at Buffalo, maybe they want number one and number two in the draft. Uh, and if they can, and, and if, if, if Eichel's on his way out, I wonder if you start making look, because I'd be all over trading the second overall pick if I, it was part of the Jack Eichel deal. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's interesting to think about that. Buffalo would end up having the top two selections. I mean, yeah. just like they haven't even officially got any players yet. The thought of them putting together a package good enough to get Jack Eichel out of Buffalo, yeah. I have a hard time wrapping my head around that. But you know what? Maybe that's possible but... after they do a few more things. You know, and you mentioned Tampa. I mean, listen, I don't think there's any takers for Tyler Johnson. I mean, hell, they put him on waivers before. I mean, I people yeah. just weren't in on that. So, yeah. you know, listen, he may end up on a team, on another team, playing for $2 bucks. And, oh, guess what? The Kraken can broker that deal, take right. some of the salary, and move on. So, I mean, I think where it's really going to get interesting, and and Frank, whose word is bond right now, has That's said true. the next 48 hours are going to be crazy. Because, as you mentioned, there's certainly players that were picked to be traded, There's some deals that are probably already done that we don't know about. And then there's all the other dominoes to fall once teams know the situation that they're in coming out of tonight's festivities. And, of course, that leads us into Friday's draft. And, you know, for all the uncertainty about the draft lists and how different they'll be from team to team, Grant McKay had an interesting theory just on us before you jumped on, is that, you know, with these draft lists being so different, I mean, you'll get to early in the second round and they'll be a guy that some teams has in the top 15 that all of a sudden is available at 40 and you know, you'll see teams move on that. So whether it's players picks, I mean, I just think there's going to be a lot of intrigue, a lot of, uh, a lot of machinations that have a lot to do with Seattle coming in a lot to do with new holes in lineups. um, And of course the flat cap, a massive, massive cloud hanging over some teams more than others right now, as we go into the weekend. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, 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 you know, Given that that Frank is pretty much spoiled tonight's festivities, otherwise you know you're going to see some people throwing fish around. I think over there in Pike Place and all that sort of thing. But other than like the actual show of it, that's all done now. Everybody wants to see what were these side deals, and then yeah, like you said, and Grant said, you know, the next 48 hours are going to be very interesting because yeah, what what happens? I mean, what changes? Who changes? 
what teams, you know, try and leverage what Seattle has. How does Seattle leverage what they have to kind of make themselves better? I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm trying to remember back to when Vegas came in four years ago now, three years ago now. Um, you know, what, what was it like then? Did we think that they had a good team? I, you know, I don't know if we no, actually thought that no they one had thought, a great Everyone team. thought they were terrible. Right. Yeah. Go back to Twitter sudden. that night. This is going to be the worst team ever. Exactly. I mean, do you remember the Vegas odds when they started? Yeah. I mean, people that bet Vegas in the first three months of the season made an absolute killing right. because they couldn't move the lines enough. People in Vegas were just betting on them anyways. Yeah. They were obviously going to be underdogs in most of these games, and they just kept on winning. So right. yeah. it's so much of, the vague, of what happened with Vegas – uh, is tied into this, oh, sure. of course, partly Vegas is not involved in the expansion <laughs> yeah, drafts, exactly. which is pretty nice. And that, of course, yeah. is why they were able to make that trade for Nolan Patrick, who right. would need to be protected for Cody Glass, who wasn't going to be protected. So, yeah. listen, they're doing their own thing. But, I mean, there was a lot of lessons to be learned, I think, both by the Kraken as to what Vegas did. But the other side of that is a lot of other GMs, I think, learned a lesson the hard way with some of the deals that were made when Vegas yeah. came in. and. You know, I I am very interested to see how many of these players that you sort of alluded to it. There were some surprises on those list. Mm -hmm. What prices were paid to Seattle to avoid some of those guys? Although the funny thing is, I'm talking about a team like Philly. The younger players, the more nondescript players, I don't think was as much what people were trying to get teams to pick. It was more like, hey, please take Jake Voracek and his $8.25 million (laughs) salary. Or... Feel free to take Carey Price, Price, who was just in the Stanley Cup final at 10 and a half. Um, You know, it's hard to look at any of these decisions without doing it in the framework of cap challenges for teams and what Ron Francis has at his opportunity because of all of that. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, I don't think the Seattle did really any teams really any favors. We'll see. I mean, you know, you didn't take Jake Bean out of Carolina, which a lot of people thought was going to happen. Jake Bean was going to be gone. Uh, he was um, on my list when I did the mocks. Right. It was hard to, to get. And so they take him. Morgan Geeky, but now what do you get? Like that's again, those are the types of things. Like Morgan Geeky, you know, obviously from Manitoba. Um, you know, I, I think he's shown well, but I mean, he hasn't really, you know, solidified himself yet in, in Carolina. Francis so. did draft him, which is interesting. And right. sometimes guys and have. Flurry. Yeah. Spe- I mean, m- much like. Kelly McCrimmon had been banging on Philly's door, trying to make something happen with Nolan Patrick after the experience they had before. Um, You know, sometimes you'll have guys that, you know, have made moves on a player beforehand. Now they change jobs and that player's a little bit more, let's say attractive because they have the background and certainly geeky would be that, but it's interesting. I mean, we'll find out maybe there is a price to be paid by Carolina to avoid dipping in on that blue line and uh, shaking things up. Yeah, I, and I think that's what we're going to see. And I'm excited for that because I want to know, you know, were these astronomical prices actually there? Or was that just kind of a front by, I think, but I think GM's just, I mean, if you look at the Jets, I mean, the, the lengths they went last time, you know, to protect, you know, against Vegas, that wasn't this. I mean, we, we haven't heard, I mean, I think it's been reported by a couple now that that the Jets didn't do anything, to, you know, make any side deals to try and protect Dylan DeMello. And I think it's just, you don't want to give up Nick Suzuki, you know, or whatever it is, right? I mean, that's the thing is you kind of, I think a lot of GMs also learned, and I think and there will be certain instances where this obviously happened, but it doesn't seem, at least right now, um, that it was as nearly as pronounced as the first time as, you know, a lot of the GMs are still in place from that, 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 that Vegas draft, and, and some GMs got absolutely fleeced. Um, by Vegas and to make them the, the team that they actually were. 
again, I think another big thing is once Seattle starts, how many of these players are going to turn into the William Carlsons or the whatever, right? That just you know they just needed that chance to turn into. Appleton's scoring score. 40 next year, bro. Well, you never, like, that's the thing. I don't think that's going to happen. But again, who knows? Because we didn't see a lot of these players taking the massive career years that they had, but they were given an opportunity to play such different yeah. roles and minutes and all that stuff. And a lot of them flew with it, obviously, because, you know, they go to the Stanley Cup final. And now, you know, Vegas is a perennial cup contender at this point. Obviously, they made tons of moves. You know, they, they attract the Pacioretties and then, and all these big names and that sort of thing, right? But, you know, I, I think it's interesting because I think the on-ice product is going to be so interesting to see who kind of takes the reins. Is Chris Dreger a number one goaltender in the league that, that's very good? I mean, who knows? Again, we're going to see that. They obviously feel, you know, they didn't take a Holtby. They didn't take a Quick. They didn't take Price. And I don't think any of those were probably good options, to take, especially Price. I think it's just the you're putting one-eighth of your cap in, in, in Carey Price. Granted, Carey Price had a heck of a postseason wasn't that great in the regular season. So I think we're just going to see a lot of interesting things in, in, in the immediate future, in the next you know, 24, 48 hours, that sort of thing. And then I, I'm interested to see what happens during the regular season when you know some players who weren't necessarily you know top-tier players on their teams start to kind of flourish and, and, and come into their own. And I always think that's such a lesson for other teams, right? It's like maybe you can start putting some of your highly touted young kids higher into line, give them better roles, right? I mean, I, I, people begged for that here with the Villies, with the Dylan Sandbergs, with, you know, even, even other guys. Like I'd suggest Cole Perfetti. A lot of people don't think he's ready and that sort of thing. He showed very well in the HL. I just think there's this, I mean, you look at guys like Cole Caulfield and that sort of thing in the playoffs, you give them an opportunity and they kind of run with it. I mean, some guys are a lot readier, you know, more ready now than than they were when they were you know yeah what, I mean, what coaches how coaches kind of look at that sort of thing just well, players are more NHL ready younger and they don't need to marinate as long in the, in the minor league so yeah it's going to be interesting yeah I mean listen I I guess I'll buy that on some point I mean there are still some players that you know are very very well served by playing in the American sure. Hockey League and getting yep. ready I mean it's like it, it, listen we're not going to see all these yeah. 18 year old guys coming in but there right. are some and i mean i think perfetti's a great example and we may as well touch on this cuz you brought him up by the way congratulations to cole who was named to uh, yep. the training camp for i mean obviously for the world juniors yep. but a couple of uh, carson lambos who was on the show yesterday and is expected yep. to go in the first round of the weekend and connor mcclellan of the winnipeg ice as well so shout out to all those guys but for perfetti for a minute well all you bring it up that is such a fascinating scenario, especially with losing Mason Appleton as a top nine player. Yeah. Um, like normally in normal times, I don't think Cole Perfetti is in the mix for this year. But when you look at the season he had last year, playing the way he did, growing the way he did in the American Hockey League, putting up the yeah. numbers and showing the growth that he did, World Juniors, and then going to the World Championships – like I, I'll say this, I don't think there's anything to be gained by Cole Perfetti playing in the Ontario Hockey League next year. And unfortunately yeah, for Cole and for the Jets, to. that's the option. That's the option. So, yeah. I mean, I kind of look at this almost more like Nikolai Ehlers. I mean, Ehlers played the year to junior and then came in at 19, and what well, he scored 15 goals and sort of yeah. you know got his feet wet. Um, and you know he's developed into an incredible player. Right. If I had to bet right now, Scott, um, I think they we at least start the season with Cole Perfetti on the Winnipeg Jets roster and 
You know, he's given the opportunity sure. to kind of show that he's ready because I don't think it's ideal for the Winnipeg Jets to send him back to junior. And unfortunately, until anything changes, as a 19-year-old coming out of the Canadian Hockey League, the AHL is not an option, despite the fact of what he showed last year in that league due to the pandemic. Yeah, it's almost like it, last year was a double-edged sword, right? It's nice to see that Cole Perfetti could play the pro game and do it well. At the same time, it's also kind of giving you this kind of good sort of headache. It's like, you know, do you... Well, I think you do what you did with Shifley and guys like that, right? Where you do give him the game, see where he can. I just don't know where he necessarily fits in that top nine. You know, like you, you don't. He's not a fourth liner, right? Exactly, and that's not where he's projected to go. You were thinking either first or second line center in the future, eventually. But the problem is, you have that kind of sewn up right now. Not the problem. It's not. You know, it's not a bad problem, but you have Shifley. Pierre-Luc Dubois and, and Adam Lowry. I mean, those are your your, your three centers at, 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 in that top nine. So are you going to play Cole Perfetti on the wing and see that? Or, or do you just let, you know, he's going to play in the World Juniors very likely this year. So he's not, you know, like there, there's obviously that tournament that he plays. It's tough. Yeah, you don't want, I mean, he's going to be way too good for the OHL. And, and probably thinking like, you know, what, what does that do to his development? I, I don't know if it does anything poor to it. It just, it's not it's almost kind of a, a stagnant year when he's just going to be dominating guys in, in the O and you know, it, it's not, it's not ideal, but I mean, last year wasn't ideal anyways. You, we never would have seen this Cole Perfetti if not for COVID and not for what happened and not for the OHL, not even playing one game last year. So um, yeah, it, it's, you know, it, it'll be interesting. I do agree that he'll get some games. I think early in the season, that sort of thing, he'll be on the roster. He will go back. I mean, we all know that unless you know some market shifley blows his acl or something like that then then you start looking it's a lot different at that point but barring some freak kind of injury like that or or, you know something like that um yeah you know cope is gonna have to go back in the ohl play in the world juniors and and then probably be you know over marinated enough to to come in the, the following year or at least play in the ahl and get another year of pro hockey under his Yeah, I mean, like, as I said, I I wouldn't at all be surprised if he's not even playing for Canada at the World Juniors. I mean, I I guess the premise is that he'll have an opportunity, man, without the other options. I think they'd, you know, if he shows that he's sort of ready, even for a sheltered role, much like we saw them kind of ease Stanley, and I know it's different from forward to the blue line, depending on where he is, um, like you said, I mean, sometimes you play these guys and you realize that, well, maybe they are ready. And he's yeah. passed every test so far. So uh, anyways, that'll be interesting. And and he'll be a guy that we talk a lot about, depending on who else comes into the mix in right. this Winnipeg Jets group going forward. Um, listen, beyond this weekend, going into free agency, I sort of mentioned two guys that I know we've talked about, and Jamie Alexiak for sure. And if Adam Larson made it to market, he would be yeah. a, a natural guy to try to add. I mean, he's exactly that sort of piece, especially with the threat of losing DeMello. DeMello is still in the mix. Uh, do you have any guys that you expect the Jets to target or putting your GM hat on that you'd be making a call to their agent at 1201 or whenever they're able to? Yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, it's Brandon Montour. And I, here's the reason. I was I was decently high on Brandon Montour back at last two dread lines. And I think the reason is... He was in Buffalo, and Buffalo was so bad that you know they, they just they, they made every player look bad, right? Like it was just a bad team that everybody. Brandon Martour went to Florida to play um, at the trade deadline and played well. Again, this guy turned all of his analytics 
much better. Everything was better when Brandon Martur went to Florida. I like the idea of Brandon Martur. He's, he's 27. He's a right-handed defenseman. If you're not going to land Dougie Hamilton, which I don't think you're going to land, I like Brandon Montour. There's been a lot of talk about uh, Rasmus Ristolainen. I don't know what the price is on Ristolainen at this point. I mean, it's got to be only a pick. I mean, what are you giving for a guy who's only got one year left on his contract and and is you know a, a UFA right after that? I mean, there's no. It, this isn't the the case where it's Lining and Ehlers for Ristolainen Ristolainen anymore. It's what is the right pick if you're going after a guy like that. I know a lot of fans don't like the idea of Ristolainen because of his analytics. I also think the problem with that, too, is, and the same reason why talking about Brandon Montour, he's playing for such a garbage team in terms of, you know, how poorly they were on the ice. I'm not entirely sure how you kind of evaluate a guy like that. Um, so, yeah, that, that's an interesting one. And then there's just kind of like, I don't know, do you go, do you look at a Ryan Suter for a year and see, if he can play at all, I mean, it's going to be cheap. What about a Keith Yandel? I, I don't know, but you got to do something. I think it's got to be a bigger name than those two. I mean, I think, I mean, even Brandon Montour might not be the guy. So maybe you have to start going looking in the trade market and, and like, what can you get? I mean, what can you get from another team that's in the cap crunch? I mean, yeah, Larson's gone. It looks like Alexiak is also signing in, in Seattle. So, I um, mean, those guys are gone. The Jets made a hard push for Jamie Oleksiak at the trade deadline, and it fell through, and it didn't work for them. Um, you know, and, and now I don't doesn't look like they're going to have a chance from there either. So uh, maybe David Savard. Uh, you know, we talked a ton about David Savard yeah. going into the trade deadline. Um, now he's won a Stanley Cup, and, and he went to a team played a big role. I mean, I, I liked how David Savard played in the playoffs. Um, he's kind of that 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 defensive minded guy that the Jets desperately need. You go after David Savard, what is he going to cost? Um, but, you know, aside from you going out and, and giving Dougie Hamilton $9 million and him accepting it coming here to, to come to Winnipeg, you know, I think you start having to look at, at either trades or trying to get, you know, guys that, that fit what you want to do on defense. And I think that's taking a lot of the pressure off the forwards from having to do that to let them do what they do best, which is score. I mean, this let's not forget, like, this team is a high – um, you know, a, a high-scoring offensive team that can do it. But when you're stuck playing defense the whole time, trying to play this five-man unit, and don't get me wrong, you still have to play defense. But the Jets were good before in 2017-18 and even, you know, first half of 2018-19 because they had good defensemen that they could, you know, rely on. It, it wasn't such a, a porous defensive game like they have now. So, um, yeah, you need to take a big swing here. I, I don't think it's Dougie Hamlin just because of the cap and, and, and not being able to really afford that, especially when you got to give um, – sorry about that – when you got to give uh, Andrew Kopp money um, and that sort of thing. And, and if they – I assume, uh, again, kind of on a tangent here, with Kopp, they, they must feel enough that they can get a deal done with him or at least that the prospect there is you know, better than 50%. That they didn't, you know, I, th- I think, you know, Andrew Copp either would have been traded or whatever would have happened before that. So they could have just, you know, kept either Appleton or DeMello uh, off the, or on the protected list if Cop. So I think there's. The only thing I'll say about the Cop situation. Sign, but, yeah. Like, listen, the one thing, because I'm sort of with you. And I mean, I, I yeah. really did think, and we talked on this show leading into the weekend that. To me, sort of the first domino for the Winnipeg Jets, you know, was, was Andrew Cop before we right. got to protecting everyone. But then I thought about it, and listen, if you're going to trade Andrew Kopp, I mean, you're not trading him for picks. 
They're not trading him for prospects. I mean, I think that if you're trading Andrew Kopp, you're, you know, making a deal to bring in another defenseman, someone that would presumably sure. be on that list. So, I, listen, I think that the jury is still out on that. I'm fascinated as to how negotiations are going. I mean, of course, right. he's represented by Kurt Overhart. I mean, I still will never yeah. forget his interview with us back on the old station after that <laughs> arbitration. And the thing I love about Cobb is he's such a straight shooter. And, I yeah. mean, he said, basically, it sucked and he was pissed off about it. And, yeah. I mean, that's not a great way maybe to go into the next chapter. Now, listen, money solves a lot of things. And if the money's Always. there for him, he's just had a career year. Uh, I, I do think that if I'm Andrew Cobb, I mean, I guess there's an element to betting on yourself going for one more year, but considering the flat cap, considering his importance to the Jets, I think how much they want to keep him, yeah. I do think a deal is there to be made. But I'll let, I'll ask you, if they find, if Larry Simmons and Kevin Sheveldayoff are, you know, smashing their head against the wall and getting nowhere with Kurt Overhart, how yeah. might that change what they do? Like, if that's the case and they sort of know where they're at, does that change anything about what they're thinking of doing come the weekend? Uh, because, of sure. course, there will be a lot of deals. I think we'll see as much player yep. movement in the league over the next few days as we may at any point over the course of this offseason. Yeah, I think you have to consider it, right? I, I think, you know, a couple of the contracts that were signed this summer already, like the Nugent Hopkins deal, kind of helped the Jets a little bit, right? I mean, 5.1 mm -hmm. for, I think it's 5.1 AAV for Nugent Hopkins. Well, Cop's not a Nugent Hopkins. Whether or not Cop is... You know, uh, you know, a better playoff player, whatever the new options, fine. But in, when it comes to the contracts, you know, I don't think Andrew Cobb's getting five million anymore. You know, now you're starting to look—is it between that four and four and a half million number? Did Adam Lowry kind of, on, you know, not really help his buddy out there and Andrew Cobb in signing the deal that he signed? Um, so that—that's the interesting. I don't know what the valuation of Andrew Cobb is, and I don't think a lot of people really know what it is. Obviously. The agent's going to, you know, put it very high and the Jets are going to have their idea. And I, I don't I don't think this is the overheart Trubis situation. Um, you know, I, I think Andrew Kopp has, has proven that he does deserve a, a pay raise. I think he is your kind of Swiss Army knife because you can put him anywhere in the lineup, absolutely anywhere in the lineup. And he's shown that he can, you know, you can play competently at those spots. Um, but yeah, it does. It does matter. Like you said, you know, if the Jets don't think that they can actually, if they can't get to where they want to be with him, maybe you, he is a trade chip, right? You know, we have to remember the Jets and who love the draft only have four draft picks this year. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a horrible thing this year, just given the uh, the, the the volatility of what you're doing at this point. Um, but there are still some guys out there. I mean, I think the Jets are going to look at a Carson Kuhlman's or a, a Corson, sorry, Corson Kuhlman's or maybe even a Carson Lambos. I mean, oh, yeah. I don't know. Do you take the, the Winnipeg guy and, and and go from there? I like the Carson Kuhlman or Corson. So I'm going to always get that around the Corson Kuhlman. You know, he's six two defenseman uh, playing in the AJHL. We'll see how that translates to to the college game eventually. Um, you know, there's the Fabian Lissel. People think he's going to drop and, and fall. I mean, you take a, a stab at a guy like that. If he is going to do that, take him where you are at 17 there and go from there. So I guess it's 18th overall. Are they still calling yeah. it 18th overall, even though Arizona doesn't have the pick? Yeah, anyways, whatever. Oh, it is. good so, point. Good point. Yeah, yeah, you're, well, yeah I, I forgot about this. Yeah, the old think, forfeited pick. Thank right, you, John yeah. Chica. I don't know how they actually, like, whatever the whatever the, the um, yeah, I don't know what they actually call it. But either way, I mean, you know, the Jets are going to have, you know, I think there's going to be some options there for them at the draft. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, what does Cop get you at the draft? 
if, if that's the case. And what hole do you now have to fill? Well, that's the huge Andrew question. Kopp, right? I mean, you're, I mean, you're already losing Mason Appleton. I right. mean, to, to be honest, I think this transgression, like with Appleton being selected over DeMello, right. Kurt Overhart is pumped right now because, sure. uh, you know, Leverage. first of all, yep. there's less of a need on the blue line with DeMello staying in-house with some contract term left at, at $3 million a year. But the other side of it is that the fact that Appleton is now gone, you're already missing a key spot of a very effective third line. Yeah. Um, you know, everything looks different if Cop isn't around. I mean, you're essentially starting yeah. from scratch with Adam Lowry back in with two new wingers on a line yeah. that Paul Maurice has leaned on extensively ever since they were put together. Yep, exactly. And and but you also can't overpay. As Kenny Weeb likes to always tell me, you can't give every guy five million dollars. It just doesn't work. And, you know, he's talked me off the ledge on that type of thing, too, because, it's, you know, it is, it is, you want an Andrew Kopp, and he makes up, he helps solidify a very, um, very good third line, and then when that injury happens, he moves up to the second or even the first line, whatever it is. I mean, there's a lot of value in a guy who also is, you know, very good analytically, um, coming off a career year where he showed that he can score. I don't think, you know, that that was by accident. Car, uh, Andrew Kopp has almost every year, I think, improved his game. This is a guy that keeps getting better. I don't know where the ceiling is. I don't think he's too far off from it. Um, but he's a guy that makes your team better. And, and, you know, to lose, like you said, if you lose two-thirds of your third line, what are you left with? Sure, you can, you know, you have Christian Veselainen, and Jansen Harkins, but if those guys don't work out, then what? I mean, it's starting; it gets thin when you go down to the minors there and and, and look in the prospect pool and that sort of thing. So I, I'm, yeah, it's I, I like the idea. I, I like the chance of the Jets resigning Cop. I, I don't think they're going to have to overpay him too much because I mean, there is there is you know contracts out there that 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 are fairly similar. I don't you know is is it going to be the Kurt overpay you know kind of deal? I I don't know. Um, you know, you kind of lean towards that. But I think I think Kurt Overhard gets a bad rep here because he was the agent of, of Jacob Trouba and how that whole thing went down. <laughs> you don't it's say. Not, I don't think it's always like that. It's just, I mean, when a player wants out of a player, you know, out of a city, like, like Trouba did, your agent, that's his job. And Kurt Overhard does his job very, very well. Um, and I, I, I know, as much as fans may not like him, he, he's a good agent. I mean, just look at a guy like Alan Washer. We were not getting the the sword in the back of Andrew Kopp's <laughs> photos from, from, so it, it could be, it could be worse in my no, opinion. Well, we but, didn't, uh, we didn't, we didn't get any ridiculous press release from the Overheart agency about, <laughs> uh, you know, playing on the right side or anything sign. like yeah. that. Absolutely. Yeah. So at least <laughs> things are good. Anyways, yeah. that'll be a big fat, uh, fascinating going forward. Let's assume cop stays. Let's just for yeah. sake of argument, cop gets a deal done, whatever it is, he's back yeah. in the mix. Uh, let's take Cole Perfetti out because we've already talked about him and he is sort of a unique situation in a house right now, Appleton leaving. Who is the, who's the next in line? If you will, who gets the biggest yeah. bump up opportunity wise because of Appleton moving to the West coast. Yeah. To me, it's Christian Veselainen. And I just, I liked how Christian Veselainen took on that, that role in the playoffs when he played, um, I liked how he he's come a long way. If you would have asked me this a year ago, I would have been like, oh, man, like, I don't think he's ever going to play in the NHL. But I mean, I'm talking to some people, getting to watch him a little bit more in the AHL um, and then seeing how he kind of translated that game into an NHL role where 
he was everywhere. I mean, this guy was good. And then if he got the shot off, and I think that's going to be the thing, like, we have to forget, I mean, Patrick Lyon used to say Christian Vestline and had, a, you know, just as good of a shot as he did, or at least a release. Um, and there was always that kind of, you know, it was interesting because they're both fins and that sort of thing. I, I, but I, I, I like, I like Christian Vestline's game a lot more than I did a couple of years ago. And, and, and seeing it in action in, in the playoffs where he was, you know, obviously in a shelter role and all that sort of thing. But I think he played well. I think he showed well. He was physical. He was getting into the, into the, into the battles. He was winning them. He got a couple shots off in, in those games. Um, I, I think with an actual, you know, training camp where he knows he's going to be a part of the team, or at least, you know, knows that there's more, way more of a chance of him breaking into the lineup next year. I, you know, I think that helps. Um, but yeah, I like Christian Vestline. I, I know there's Jansen Harkins there. Um, I just think it's, it's Christian Vestalainen's job. I think it's about time that he starts making his push into the NHL. And, and it seems, you know, based on what I've seen from him, that he, that he is ready now for that. He's, he's adapted his game. I know that was always a thing with him. It, it was, it was difficult for the transition from the, from the European kind of game on the bigger ice and down to the more compact, uh, NHL game on North American ice. It took some time for him, but now it seems like he's gotten there. He knows how to move, where to go, that sort of thing. I think it's Christian Veselainen who who stands to benefit the most, and, and and where the Jets could, you know, I think they benefit a lot from from him kind of giving him that push and yeah, getting him into the lineup. I, I, I'm with you on that. I mean, I think that Harkins. I, mean, I think we can take something from the season that he had last year. I mean, the fact that you know going into the you know, into the playoffs. I mean, who was the guy that came into the lineup? It was Dominic Toninato, yeah. um, and. And certainly, I mean, your point about Veselin, I know we talked about some young players being ready, so more than others. I mean, Veselin right. was a guy that has really benefited from, you know, earning yeah. earning his way up. And I think he has sort of earned that spot to be part of this club next. And uh, I'm with you on that. Hey, amazing crew today on the YouTube chat. Thanks to everyone for joining. And if you haven't already, do us a favor, hit that thumbs up button. It certainly helps us spread the channel. And if you haven't already, uh, make sure you hit that red subscribe button. We're just about at 5,000. We're going to do some fun giveaways for everyone. So make nice. sure you are subscribed when we get to that big number. And uh, man, it's going to be a fun week, Scott. I mean, you know, it's uh, everything happening yeah. so quickly in this off season, uh, you know, with today, uh, we'll have more fallout and probably some trades tomorrow coming out of tonight. Uh, draft on the weekend and then free agency next week. And uh, then we're counting down another four, five or six days to the Bombers kicking off in August. So uh, lots going on. One more hockey one for you before we go. Sure. Um, going into this weekend, uh, so we won't get into the draft because I think, you know, for my part, it's the most unpredictable draft we've had yes. in a long time because of so many of these players, the, the difference in, but uh, you know, from a Jets perspective, um, is there anything that intrigues you specifically about this weekend? Um, whether it be, are they going to try to acquire a player that's already been with the Kraken? Or do you sort of see this, they go make the picks, maybe there's a move with picks. I could see potentially, depending on their list, them moving down from that spot to maybe acquire a few more right. picks. Um but it just as far as what are you looking for this weekend from a Jets perspective before we get to free agency next Wednesday? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't think yeah, I don't think they would move that pick out of the first round. But it, that that's you know it's so interesting. I was you know with a bunch of buddies this weekend out in in, in just north of Kenora, and we all talked about Jets. Um, you know. Everybody wants to know what's going on, and I'm like, I don't really always know. And <laughs> so, but it was interesting because it was like, 
you know, people just nobody seems to know really what this draft, and you alluded to it, right? I and mean, we don't know what this draft is about. So, what have the amateur scouts from the Winnipeg Jets ascertained from this past year and from whatever they have, what they've been able to watch? Were they able to go watch some of these guys in Europe where they played more games? What did you find out about the 24 game at WHL season? Was there anything there that you know, kind of stuck out to you. What about the QMJHL season? Obviously, the OHL didn't have one. So who knows, right? Um, but I think, you know, this will be, it's going to be, I think the fascinating thing is if the Jets do make a move on, on Saturday or Friday to, to move down or whatever they want to do, it's going to see, you're going to see like how much they, they, they trust in, in, and I think they trust a lot in their amateur department because it's produced such good results over the years, you know, especially later on in the draft when you, you talk about guys like, you know, the Connor Hellebucks of this world and that sort of thing. So I, I, it's going to be interesting to see what they've kind of figured that is going to be, you know, w- w- what kind of value there is, right? I mean, if, 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 if some of these guys that we're, we've talked about, the, the, the Corson Kulamans, the, the, the the Carson Lambos, Fabian, all those guys, if those guys all go early or whatever happens, you know, do you just take the best player available at 18 or do you kind of, yeah, like you said, kind of diversify and, and, and move down and, and knowing that you, you have kind of some of these diamonds in the rough or potential diamonds in the rough that you can get. And it's going to be interesting to see like how, what the, the, we've all looked at I me, mean, you look at the athletic stuff or, you know, just different, different um, mock drafts and, and all that stuff. It's such a wide range of where people think it's going to go. And this is a lot to say that I don't really know what the Jets are you know, going to look at, at this weekend. I, I think the main priority here this year is improving your defense. So if you can figure that out somehow. Um, but I think there also is a thing. I think a lot of people think they are going to take a forward in the first round because they want to, you know, keep replenishing that system, knowing that you have Billy and Billy Heinle and Dylan Sandberg and and, and, and those guys. So I, I'm interested. I, I, the thing is, I just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm so, it, it seems so up in the air. And, and we've kind of, you've said it. I mean, I've said a lot of people said it. it. It's, I think that's what's interesting about this weekend from an amateur side, from every team is, you know, what kind of off the board picks are going to happen and why do teams feel that these players are better than maybe what's, you know, some of the, the you know, the pundits think like the Bob well, the fact that that. Is Even the pundits have no agreement on this. I mean, once you get past Owen power, we just talked to right. Grant, there's sort of another group of about eight players. that will take yeah. you to nine that we expect to be top 10 picks. And there's a couple goalies at that point. And then honestly, I mean, going from respected scouting service to scouting service. And I mean, I pour over these things from all those years at the draft because, you know, you kind of figure out, oh, where these guys are on each list and sort of compare them. This year, I mean, you're going to have guys that are 12 on one list that are 50 on another list. And that's just from the scouting services. Then imagine how different it is from team to team uh, because of their different staff. So I got to tell you, Scotty, it'll be an interesting weekend. I have a feeling there might be something happening before we even get to the first round and then coming out of draft weekend, a lot of intrigue when we get to free agency next week. Listen, pal, this was an awesome conversation. People certainly in the chat are loving it. Um, And I really appreciate it. I understand on holidays this week. So taking a bit of time to do this, when are you going to be back on the beat? I know you'll of course be continuing um, all the, uh, you know, tweeting about things. I mean, it's not like you're not following it, but uh, what do you have coming up in the sun uh, on your return? Yeah, so I'm back on Monday. I think it's July 26th or whatever. 
Um, yeah, just back to the COVID stuff because everything will be over. Well, we'll see what happens next Wednesday because obviously that's when free agency opens up. We'll see what I'm doing there. But then, who knows? Uh, maybe you'll have a big piece on a blockbuster trade coming out yeah, of the weekend. I would. I, <laughs> that would be nice. I'm doubtful. Um, but uh, no, the good news for me, at least, is it looks like Labor Day. I'll be back in sports full time. So um, that's that's the nice thing. It, and and you know, for a lot of everybody. I mean, I mean, I know people have enjoyed my COVID coverage and all that. I, I'm truly appreciative of that. But man, it's going to be nice to get out of this stupid pandemic and <laughs> and, and start moving forward with you know you know better things again and not having to worry about the you know, cases we had today and where our test positivity rate is at. So I that's the tentative plan right now. Is I'll be back in sports uh, starting September or whatever fifth. Well, or whatever it can't the come is, soon so. enough. But you have done yeah. an amazing job. I mean, you've been Appreciate really that. a go-to source for so many people on it, and I'm just happy that I pay less attention to the COVID tweets now because I've got my shots. Please, and please you know what? Do. We move forward, and um, and you know what? I got to say, just on that, um, August fifth at IG oh. Field is going to be such yeah. a special night for this community. And yeah. and part of it will be what the Bombers have earned from being Grey Cup champions right. and how long it's been for us to be able to welcome them back after a 30-year drought. Yeah. But to be honest, that is going to be like 25% of it. And 75% of it is the ability to gather together, uh, together. feeling safe about it. And, uh, and I mean, listen, I mean, I know there's a lot of great arts things in the, in the community that, you know, a lot of people are into, but uh, I I maintain, and I think, you know, the amount of people watching this show today is a great example. There's nothing that brings people together more than sports and um, we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to see how the hockey works with an indoor venue. Hopefully it's similar, but I can tell you that that, park is going to be packed on the 5th of august and oh, um you know it'll be, be great to, to hopefully imagine, win the game oh absolutely when they the come sound, out. man like yeah. I, that's the thing like so i don't know like you know, I, I don't want to go too long here but i mean the, the biggest thing that i took from watching games especially when the playoffs came around and i'm watching a couple ufc events since they started having full houses again just the sound again like i i, I liked you know especially with the ufc i like the visceral sounds of people the punches and the kicks but man just hearing like fans again i don't know there was just something about that you miss it so much and and watching games is here in empty ranks you know 20 or 28 games home games and and a couple playoff games obviously um you know it was so even when you had 3500 or how many we had 20 500 it was 500 here um it was just nice to see people again kind of in the in in the rink again and and then yeah watching like vegas and colorado that series was just like seeing fans in both arenas again, cheering for their teams. Yeah. I think, you know, that Bombers game, I, I don't even, the result obviously matters in terms of the Bombers, but it's not like, I. that's like, like you said, like, I think it's 10% of that, what that day is going to be about. I think you're going to see, I don't know if you'll see some tailgating outside. You're just going to see a lot of happy people walking from Hamna down through the thing. You're, yeah. It's going to be, it's yeah, going to be a day. And yeah. Huge for the organization, and uh, and I think it'll be emotional for a lot of people to get back so. in there and and yeah. have some fun and uh, and listen. I'm looking forward to it, uh, Scotty. All the best, man. Thanks so much. I know Thank we you. went a little long, but people were loving it. I was loving it, uh, man. We had a lot to talk about today. Let's do it again yeah. soon. Sounds good, man. Appreciate it, us. There he is, Scott Billick uh, with the Winnipeg Sun. I know you're probably already following him. If you're not, uh, that's shocking, but uh, figure it out at Scott Billick. And uh, of course, he'll be back on Monday. Uh, with the latest on the Winnipeg Jets coming out of the weekend at the draft. Um, man, that was an awesome conversation. Great to have so many people with us live on YouTube. If you're listening on the podcast, 
Um, feel free to go back and check the YouTube afterwards. We're just about at 5,000 subscribers, so certainly we'd appreciate the subs. And uh, once we get to that, we'll uh, be doing some fun contests over the next few days to uh, celebrate that milestone for us. I uh, do want to thank Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge. I mentioned yesterday we had the trip of a lifetime on the weekend. Came out on Monday. It was supposed to leave at 8.30. Had to leave around 1 due to the fire uh, smoke from the forest fires. Unfortunately, no one was getting in and out of there yesterday. So thinking about everybody in some of these areas affected by the fires, and I know with the border opening, Aikens Lake is going to be packed very soon. Find out more at AikensLake.com if you're thinking about an incredible world-class fishing experience right here in the province of Manitoba. And of course, Assiniboia Downs. We'll get to our picks with Michael Remus at the end of the program for tonight, live racing. Terrace Dining Room is open. The VLTs are back on. Uh, but if you want to watch racing on the second level, you do have to make reservations. You can do that at asdowns.com for all information on that. Uh, but right now, 9 a.m. to 12.15 a.m., VLTs are open, socially distanced. Restaurant is open. And Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, live racing. And you can bet with us at hpibet.com. We'll get to some of those picks a little bit later on. All right, let's get the, the CTO back in here after a fun chat with Grant McCagg and some great stuff with Scott Billick. Uh, Remo, have uh, I'm seeing the uh, I'm I'm seeing a lot of five K in uh, in the chat. Uh, did we hit it today? Uh, yeah, we just hit it. One sec, I'll get the bell. Hold on. Oh, get the bell. Get the get the siren. Get it all. Get it all. Frosty Winnipeg, what's up with the super chat? Thanks, buddy. Release the Neeson. That's right. Let's do it. A big thank you to everyone that has supported us for, since March 8th. We are not quite. We haven't even done 100 episodes, although we are coming up. And uh, wow, man, that is amazing. 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. Um, it is uh we are so thankful and grateful for the support that all of you guys have given us. And, of course, everyone listening on the podcast every day, the downloads have been massive. So, um, uh, you know, between the people that have been joining us and helping us grow the channel and, of course, all of our sponsors, Royal Sports, and Nick and Nicky DQ, BP, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Breezy, uh, Cineboy Downs, uh, you know, Aikens, Cool Bet. Um, we couldn't do it without you, Remo. Uh, I am so fired up that uh, that we got to this today. Yeah, you know what? It got a bit slow, um, you know, after the hockey, you know, playoffs uh, into the long weekend. But you know, seeing everyone here at such an awesome time of year for hockey news, uh, this is awesome, and I am looking forward to you know games coming back, having people in the stands. Um, this is really exciting. So uh, hitting you know five thousand is a nice, uh, very nice milestone. But you know, we really are just getting started, and I love seeing everyone in the chat, and it's been awesome keeping up with it today. And I haven't, I haven't had to throw anyone over the top rope. Everyone's been nice. pretty uh, responsible <laughs> in there. Um, yeah, this is awesome. So uh, cheers to everyone, and this is such a great uh, community. And again, we're we're just getting started. So this is awesome. This is just great. <laughs> Jet oil, Tom. Congrats, guys. Twelve ninety. Who? No kidding. Um, I gotta say, Mall Paris, ten k now. Come on, let's go. Uh, hey, everyone, this is awesome. But uh, you can tell that we're uh, uh, happy, proud of what we've been able to do. But I mean, nothing happens without the support we've got from the sponsors, and most importantly, you guys joining us each and every day. And uh, yeah, in and around Canada Day, kind of dropping a lot of people went off uh, for a bit. That normally happens in sports radio. 
Uh, but to have some of our biggest shows in the middle of the summer in July, I think speaks to the passion that Winnipeg sports fans have for their teams, um, for the content that we're putting out here right now. And um, listen, it's just great to be a part of your day every day here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. And uh, I got to tell you, Reem, you know, considering Frank with all of his gifts early today that we've sort of you know been talking about, you know, Appleton going to the Kraken and most of the players being known before things go out tonight. Um, what I'm interested in, and I know a lot of people have been mentioning is they're at least hoping that we might get some details on some of the deals that were made uh, with the teams. And if that doesn't happen tonight, I'd imagine we'll start to get some of that news trickling out tomorrow, which will be perfect. It'll be just in time for us to fire it up again. And uh, we'll talk about it all with Ken Weeb tomorrow on the program. Yeah. Ken Weeb uh, is coming on tomorrow. So I don't think we're done. I think we have an idea what it is. Maybe we'll see some more. I think, you know what, people are debating whether or not it's good that all the picks are, I mean, obviously you'd like to have, you know, some excitement, but I think people are talking about, I mean, I'm in group chats, people are talking about the selections all day, you know, they still have the show tonight, maybe they'll have some stuff with Marshawn Lynch, or who else, Is Gary Payton and Sean Kemp, are they involved, you know, some big Bobby Wagner, I know some Seattle sports stars, so, you know, we'll be talking about that tomorrow, we'll be talking about the picks. Um, the draft this week, and I think we will have some trades and then free agency next week. So this is a big, uh, big week here of sports news. And uh, I think this is really exciting. You know, we'll have a 32nd team in the league. The divisions are now even. We don't have to worry about. Yes. You know, that's the best part when they have this stupid playoff system where it's only in the division where, you know, some teams have or some divisions have seven and some have Eight. Now, every division, you know, no matter what division, you have an equal percentage just based on the number of teams in there and making the playoffs. It was really silly before. And we had we got Arizona now moving to the uh, Central. The Pacific is the way it was. The Pacific is like is a terrible division. Uh, so, and like that's why we were saying, you know, Seattle's got a pretty good shot. And we will see. I wonder who is going to be the William Carlson of uh, Appleton. Who's going to be who's going to be 40. the. Uh, <laughs> the uh, March or so, a Yanni Gord. Well, maybe we'll have some trades. We'll have some more stuff. I mean, what if they got Jack Eichel? That would be uh, crazy if they traded the second pick. And, it would be and got wild. Him. But I mean, like you're gonna, it's gonna take a lot more. I mean, like I just don't know that after you know making their selections, there's enough in the cupboard to get Eichel. Um, but yeah, who knows? I mean, maybe there's a way to you know broker a deal using cap space to get some more assets from another team and package that up there. The whole Jack Eichel thing is fascinating. I mean. That, you know, we've been so focused on the Seattle Kraken, the Eichel issue, um, you know, could maybe come to a head this weekend. Because, I mean, if they're playing, if they're planning on trading him right now and want futures and picks, you would assume you want to get that done before the uh, before the draft. Although part of me thinks that with the uncertainty of this draft, that if you're going to be getting picks for Jack Eichel, maybe you'd like to have them in future years when you're already picking first overall. Uh, anyways, we'll see that up. Listen, a lot of great... Um, a lot of great comments in here. Um, shout out to uh, Levi Hogano from down in North Dakota. Go Jets and Pionk. Shout out to our listeners and friends down in uh, North Dakota. Hopefully we'll see you soon. I still haven't even been able to get the chi- get to the Chick-fil-A in Grand Forks because the border's closed. Yeah. Very much looking forward to that. Um, this is Mall Paris. Shout out to Mall. This is so much better than 1290. No more terrible callers. <laughs> I personally love the callers, but that was uh, that was me. 
Taco Sandwich, thanks for doing the show. And here's one from Bailey Weeb, who I think already said was fired up to get to some Bomber games this summer. Proud to be a Winnipegger to cheer for these teams and listen to Winnipeg Sports Talk. Thanks so much. Shark Mifley, our guy. Hudson Ream has taken over the internet. Shark Mifley's taken over Instagram. I will tell you that. If you're not following Shark Mifley, I believe it is spelt the same as his in the YouTube chat. Um, absolutely hilarious uh, memes, content, lots of funny stuff in around the Jets. So highly recommended. Um, so listen, thanks to everybody. Uh, and Mitch makes a great point while we're on the topic of Eichel. Eichel is big time buyer beware. Um, I'd still buy him, but yeah, I mean, when you think about what he went through, the the differing opinions on his health and the situation that you know he's going into with not wanting a surgery or wanting some sort of replacement thing. I can't remember the details, but anytime you have the own doctors at odds with the team doctors, you kind of, you know, do get concerned. And that's, you know, for the, for the outlay that it will cost, the capital it will cost to acquire Jack Eichel. You better be pretty damn sure that he's going to be able to lace up and play for you at what, $10 million a year. Um, so anyways, this is, this is going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to the show tomorrow and then uh, Friday, Reem, we get right back into it. We'll probably do a little bit of an update on the Bombers. But um, next couple days, we'll be following all the machinations, moves, trades in the National Hockey League. And, of course, getting ready for the draft when the Jets will be on the clock in pick 18. But as Scott mentioned, they will have the 17th pick because the Coyotes, thanks to John Chaika, are... Uh, are not picking in the first round, and that might be why they were willing to take on the albatross that is Andrew Ladd's contract to get two second rounders and a third going forward. Yes, uh, yes, uh, sorry, I'm responding. It's hard to keep up with uh, so many messages here. This is insane. Uh, thank you, everyone. Um, yeah, that Andrew Ladd, con- I saw like a TSN put out a graphic. It's like, to Arizona, Andrew Ladd, a second pick, a round pick, a third round pick, another pick, to, to the Islanders. Blank. Nothing. 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 <laughs> uh, very. You don't see. You don't see that too often. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of confusion. Did the Jets have the 17th pick? Well, or the 18th pick? And the NHL making it so damn confusing. Has it is the 18th pick, but the 11th pick has been vacated, so it'll be the 17th player picked. If that makes any sense at all, <laughs> why are we even surprised that something the NHL has done doesn't make sense? And we've seen a lot of someone in chat. Okay, now that we've got all the divisions even, make every game worth the same number of points. The oh, only league, thank you. The only Thanks. league in the world where some games are worth, you know, two points, some games are worth three. Uh, I think we're on our we're on our way, but uh this is this is incredible. Uh what's, you know, what's che- happening? Chris Vermet, Chris Vermet, Chevy's still laughing at that lad Islanders contract. Well, it might be a nervous laugh because I do think there were reports that the Jets were pretty close to a long-term deal with Andrew Ladd before he ended up leaving. Um, and maybe that was the best thing that happened to the club because uh safe to say that the uh outlay the Islanders stepped up with with all those signing bonuses making it almost buyout proof for Andrew Ladd is um you know it hasn't happened but listen I mean you know jokes aside I mean Andrew Ladd a uh, great part of this hockey club to begin uh the first captain in Jets 2.0 history uh is sort of sad the way that his uh, career is uh, has ended up and I don't know certainly hoping he'll get a chance to actually play next year in Arizona and of course we're, we're going to be seeing more of the Coyotes because if I'm not mistaken mm-hmm. they're now members of the Central Division yeah, and that's kind of why I think, um, sorry, <laughs> I'm pretty uh, pumped with the Jets' playoff chances. I mean, you look at the Central, I, I think we talked about this before. Sorry, I keep calling. 
That's when uh, you use the mute yeah. button, bro. That, I mute. Oh yeah, I muted it to the stream, just just not to you. Oh, oh uh, good, good, good. Call. Um, you know, you look at the Central Nashville. I mean, they're kind of rebuilding Arizona. I mean, they're trading picks to take on salary for that's Andrew Ladd, so that's self-explanatory. Uh, St. Louis is kind of interesting. I mean, what happens with the Tarasenko trade? They just lost. Don Schwartz is going to UFA. Colorado, they're still powerhouse. Um, Chicago, they're kind of one of those bubble-ish teams. So I think the Central uh, still there in Minnesota. I mean, we'll wait and see what happens with them after they just bought out Parisi and Suter. And uh, Susie was, uh, you know, reported to be the pick from them defensemen. So uh, I think the Jets still stack up pretty well. They need to get uh, one or two defensemen. They'll probably look for one or two outside uh, forwards uh, to bring in, you know, depending on how it works out. So. Uh, lots to come on, and this is going to be a, a wild week, so appreciate everyone coming along uh, for the ride. Yeah, you got it. Now, listen, I'll quickly get to the cool bet odds. Um, you know, NBA's done. Uh, what a performance quickly. Did you watch the game last night? Giannis dropping yeah. 50 and being almost perfect from the free throw line. I got to say, as I, I'm not a huge hoops fan. I mean, I enjoy watching the last five minutes of some games, and you know, I'll get into some playoff games, certainly if I've maybe made a little wager on them. But I got to tell you, as a Winnipeg guy, you know, in one of the smallest markets in the National Hockey League that, you know, realizes what a team like the Jets is up against competing with these big markets, even in a cap world, to see the Milwaukee Bucks win with Giannis Antetokounmpo, um, Chris Middleton, two guys drafted, grown by the Bucks. I mean, they really are the draft and develop model. And like the Winnipeg Jets, have done a great job at keeping their players. And listen, the NBA... Guys like Giannis don't come around very often. I mean, not only is he, um, you know, arguably the best player in the world, two-time MVP, but he's also a loyal star. I mean, he came from Greece uh, where he'd experienced racism in the past, um, shows up in Wisconsin and Milwaukee, uh, which is an entirely different world from where he came from. The stories about Giannis originally getting there are amazing. Um, Just being acclimatized, never seen cold before or anything like that. Um, a real incredible relationship between he and the city. And um, like I, I tweeted this out last night, Giannis Antetokounmpo is the player that you, if you're a fan of any small market team, regardless of the sport, the star that you dream of coming along once in a lifetime to put your team over the top and win a championship. And to me, Reem, that victory last night by the Bucks, um, it, 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 I think it means a lot more than a lot of these other ones that teams just putting together super teams because they sort of did it, you know, the only way the Bucks could do it. And that was, you know, drafting good players, keeping them in the toe and growing as a club. And um, they're on top of the world right now. And 50 points last night. I don't know if you saw he went through the Chick-fil-A drive through yeah. today and ordered 50 Chick Minis and a uh, a large no-ice, half-sprite, half-lemonade to celebrate it and had the NBA trophy and the Larry O'B and the MVP trophy in it. Uh, hard not to be a fan of Giannis, even if you're not a Hoops fan, and especially if you're someone from Winnipeg. These are what we dream of happening here with our hockey club. Yeah, and I remember um, last year there was so much talk. Who is he going to sign with or... Uh, is he going to go with the Raptors? Is he going to leave? Uh, he, I think I agree with you. There is more meaning to that title. I mean, he stayed there. He was drafted by that team. He didn't go take in, and join a super team. Um, you know, Milwaukee, a uh, small, you know, a smallerish city um, that hasn't won for a long time. You saw all the people outside. Uh, it was awesome to see. And how can you not like the guy putting up, uh, putting up fifty? I mean, 
and the pictures of him like when he was drafted to now how much this guy has grown and how he's been just uh, like a one-of-a-kind uh, type of player uh pretty awesome so yeah i, I it was hard not to uh, watch i want you know i kind of wanted the Suns, but uh, i think this is a story you can get behind he's been great on instagram huh so i will throw it up you know he was instagramming live himself in the drive-thru of chick-fil-a there's like fans all over he's ordering he says nuggets. to the girl he goes do you mind if i put you on the camera she's like yeah no problem he does he goes there's 150,000 people watching you right now here <laughs> yeah. i'll put it on i'll put it on right now uh one sec here i do have it uh here let's just let's just watch this real quick so there's like 150k people in this thing are you gonna say your order can i have a 50 piece sorry i will put you can i put your camera do you mind or no I just uh, there's hundred fifty thousand people watching you right now. Really? Yes. <laughs> so can I can I have please a fifty piece Mac Minis, fifty exactly, okay. not fifty one, not forty nine, chicken minis yes, fifty, and um, let me have a large drink, no ice, half Sprite, half lemonade. That's how you celebrate. He's got the Larry OB in the car. Now he's gonna get. Uh, and it's so funny that he did a Chick-fil-A because if you've ever been there, they're overly polite. I mean, it's almost jarring when you go in there, the way they refer to the customers and whatnot. It's just great. Don't get me wrong. But of all the places, you know, to uh, to do that, it was uh, anyways a great scene. So the season's over. We now move on to the off season. I'm sure there'll be some odds coming up. Um, if you haven't seen today's lock shop, uh, we did get into the 3M open odds. That gets going on Thursday. Um, so I guess that's tomorrow. So we'll see that. Dustin Johnson is the favorite at plus 850. I'm on my guy, Tony Fino. See if he can finally get back into the win column after a pretty solid week at the British Open. And former champ Matt Wolf, who I see has just dropped from 29 to 27. Um, they've got all sorts of odds for guys to make the cut. <clears throat> and you can also go down to the Tokyo 2020 tab and check in the odds for the Olympic golf, which is going to begin next Wednesday. But I will, I will direct you to one wager, and this is this is the Winnipeg guy in me coming out. My favorite bet that I gave out in our dog pound today on the lock shop is for our guy, Winnipeg's own Tyler Mislawchuk, in the men's individual triathlon and uh you know he's not getting a lot of love he's 30 to 1 to win the event and but he's 8 8 to 1 to finish on the podium in the top 3 so i am in on Tyler Mislachuk for a medal at 8 to 1 that event is going to be on sunday night prime time if you will i think it starts at 6:30 in the morning in tokyo which is 5:30 here um, so we'll be able to cheer on Tyler, but I will definitely be putting a little sprinkle on him at eight to one to finish in the top three. Um, if you've got a couple hours, you can go to cool bet and go through all of the Olympic odds. Uh, and of course, if you haven't played there before, use the promo code WST for a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. Um, Remo, you didn't make any money at the track last night? Uh, not a lot, but I did actually, I made four bets. I went, I had three of them correct. Um, so I didn't go any like crazy exactas or triactors or quinellas or anything. But I just bet straight. I had a couple horses to win. I, I think I had a couple horses to like place, one to show. Three of my four picks won. And I saw Manny Fran in our comments. And if you're watching this later, I mean, hit just leave a comment, say hi, say something. Uh, it definitely helps 
when you leave comments uh, after the videos are posted. But Manny Fran went with some friends. We had some people tweeted us that they're hitting up the down. So I guess my picks aren't all bad. Uh, I had some decent one. No, decent for one. sure. So I did, I did you know okay what? yesterday. I, I, I'm struggling. Mitch, uh, Mitch, Winnipeg Hockey Talk, if you're there, fire me a couple picks. I will, I will tail you today on a couple. I've got a couple already made. Uh, but Remo, why don't you... Uh, why don't you fill us in on what you've got, and uh, I'll see if Mitch can help me out with a couple picks as well. Yeah, let me pull up my uh, my HPI bet. They redid the website here, so I'm getting used to it. But uh, So this is the site, hpibet.com. There you go, tracks. I have a Cineboy Downs in my favorites right here. And these are my horse picks. Race two, I have a Quinella on horses three and six, Diamond Digger and Favorite. I mean, got to pick a horse named Favorite, right, Hus? That's Who's- a wild one. I mean, I'm looking at the at the slate, and I don't think any of these horses have run yet this year. There's no uh, totals for them. I so got- uh, this is a rookie one. Anything could happen in race number two. Anything could happen. Uh, isn't that Vince McMahon? You say anything could happen in the World Wrestling Federation. It's uh, <laughs> my Vince my, I loved when he did <laughs> commentary. Sorry, I'm watching a lot of um, these WWE documentaries that run the Biography Channel. There, um, I just watch Macho Man. So uh, I got, I'm on a WWE uh, old school uh, kick. What do I got? Race five. I am on horse number seven to win. Uh, Major Munning. Uh, I like that one. And race six. I just did five, six, seven, so I can stay up late and watch these. Uh, race six, horse two, Persibility to win. These are all five dollar bets. I just did four or five dollar bets. And race seven, uh, horse eight, call the cops to place. We've seen that. Ooh, horse we before. like call the cops. He's been on a couple winners before. Yeah, so the, there's like a big favorite here in this race, but everyone else is kind of whatever. Oh, Backstreet's back is in there too. <laughs> uh, we like we like Backstreet's back also, but uh, I'll go with call the cops. All right, let's see. I'm just finishing up my triactor for race number five. I'll add in number one with that. And who's the other guy that just had? And two. So eight, one, two. Um, eight, one, two. Okay, here we go. So in race number one, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to bet number three to win uh, Vidira with Sheldon chicken this on opening at 10 to one, one is last race. So it might be able to get a nice number on that. And I'll also put Vidira and number two command comment in on a Quinella. Hopefully get off to a good start. Uh, race number two, I'm just going to put a bet down or sorry, race number three. I'm going to put a bet down probably five to win on Mr. Fallon, who is number five in the event. Going to skip race number, th- or sorry, that was race number three. I'm skipping race number two because uh, I have no idea about any of the horses and the program doesn't tell me much. Going to go with my triactor for race number four, one, four, and five. Second Grace, Miss Imperial, and Cypress Point. That's $6. And do the same thing for race number six. Going to go with a one, eight, two. Triactor for six dollars. Um, of course, you can get to hpibet.com, bet with us every night. And uh, as I said, fingers crossed, into August, we'll uh, hopefully do an event like we used to do back at the old station where we'd get tickets for everybody, have a little bit of an area, come by, get a beef on a bun and a drink beforehand, maybe some tips from uh, Stretch and uh, uh, Kirk and the guys, and then uh, go out, 
couple drinks and uh, watch the races, hopefully on a beautiful night. Again, if you want to get out there, you can make reservations. Uh, you, you have to make reservations to get onto the second floor dining room right now to watch live racing. But uh, all the information there to cinnaboydowns.com. Give them a call. Get set up. VLTs are back open 9 a.m. to midnight every day. And they've also uh, got with the steak special on Friday, prime rib on Saturday. I can't wait to get through the pandemic, mainly Remo, so we can get back to maybe the best buffet um, in the city, which, of course, is what Assiniboy Downs has during normal times. And as soon as that sucker is ready to go, um, the feed will be on from Winnipeg Sports Talk and our crew, I think. Yes. Uh, hey, I mean, I thought buffets were going to be done, but uh, I think now that we've realized that it's uh, they're back, that they're got to be back. I think they're I think they're coming back. I think I think buffets are coming back. And actually, I thought I was done with movie theaters. <laughs> Sorry, just quickly. Yeah, Rob yeah. Noakes, shut up. It's crazy hour. Yes, we will yeah. be having crazy hour. There's nothing yeah. better than after the final race. If you're not familiar, uh, you go upstairs and they have a crazy drink special for an hour after live racing to get people to sort of hang around. But the best part about the thing is they they play Ozzy Osbourne's Crazy Train, like the opening to it, and then I believe it's Kirk does the old uh, "It's Crazy Hour," and then everyone goes crazy. So yes, Rob, we will fire up a Crazy Hour at some point uh, when we get out there. Uh, but yes, Remo, back to uh, and by the way, if anyone knows the status, like I did see. I did see Yee's Buffet, I think. I haven't never been there. It's by the Wendy's over on St. James. I think it's still open. So, I mean, I don't know. If we could get a stat, if we could get an update status on buffets, uh, I would appreciate it from anybody in the chat, if you know. Or if you're listening on the podcast, hit me up on Twitter, at Hustlerama, and give us the 411 on that. Yeah, buffets were done for a while. I think they're coming back. One thing that was closed but just open in Winnipeg, movie theaters. And Huss, I thought I would never go to a movie theater again. They're all just coming out uh, at home. Um, you know, most recently Space Jam and Black Widow. But one movie, Huss, the trailer came out yesterday. I don't know if you saw this. I am super pumped for it. I'm going to go see it in theaters. I'll buy all the seats. Uh, VIP, Jackass forever. Uh, <laughs> they're... <laughs> The trailers Those idiots, out. they're still at it. They're back. They got, they got it. You know, they're getting old. Like Johnny Knoxville's closing in on 50. I think Steve-O and Is Chris Is Bam Margera still alive? Uh, he's not a part of it. He's He's got personal stuff, and they wouldn't yeah, do it Yeah, big time. Him. He's got personal stuff, so he's not in. But uh, Steve-O's in his, like, late 40s. Same with Chris Pontius. But they got in a couple rookies. They had to get some young guys. So I'm very excited for Jackass. For I think I retweeted... Uh, the trailer, the link to my Twitter is in the description of this. But I, I'm booking my uh, theater tickets for that one. I might have to check that one out too. Just give uh, yeah. give a, a, a nod to the art of Jackass it's, that they're uh, that they're coming back. I will say this: um, there's been a lot of 3D movies released in the last like 20 or so years. Jackass 3D is the best use of 3D in a movie <laughs> ever, and there's no no comparison. Ah, maybe, like, like, Avatar was okay, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, that was good, but Jackass was so well done, took advantage of the technology better. There were some 3D movies that were, like, total garbage, 
But this one was incredible. So I want to see what the guys uh, have in store. So like, did uh, you go in, like, did you wear the the paper glasses yes. with the one red lens and the one oh, blue no. lens? Oh, so you haven't been to a movie in a long time, clearly. That's Well, not that's a 3D old, movie. That's old I mean, technology. Yes, that's old technology. So what, do, you, do you have to wear anything? Like, do you they're, wear glasses? Yeah, they're like, um, they're just like regular glasses and they have like a, a tinted lens or something. It's not. It's not the red and blue. Are they cardboard? Blue. Are they cardboard no. like the old ones? No, they're plastic, <laughs> and then you put them in like the recycle uh, bin after you. You, you're you're going by old nineties three D technology, Hess. Well, as they I have, said, I, I, have I have no take on this. I'm just going to defer to you for the movie takes, the three D movie takes, and I will stay with just giving great takes on the likes of Logan Stanley being protected by the Winnipeg Jets. Hey, uh, this has been a super fun show today. Uh, (laughs) Really want to thank Scott Billick for uh, a great segment. Uh, We went a little longer than we normally do, but uh, he was on a roll. We were on a roll. We had tons of people in here. Obviously, Grant McKegg coming by. Um, All of our sponsors, Royal Sports, Nick and Nicky DQ, Boston Pizza, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Breezy Bend, Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, Assiniboia Downs, and cool bet Canada. Um, so remote, not a lot of excitement, I think, or maybe some of the anticipation is lost, but I think I'll still probably tune in, see everything made official tonight. And I got to tell you, I'm really fired up for tomorrow's show. Now we'll have Weber on. Uh, we'll probably talk a little bit more draft, but I mean, really take a look at the Winnipeg jets coming out of tonight and going into draft weekend before free agency. Be interesting to see if anything happens before we players get to the open market, and of course, we'll see what Kevin Shoveldayoff does. Certainly has some options and some significant needs, but the needs not as bad as I think a lot of people thought would be when they got up this morning with Dylan DeMello staying in Winnipeg. Yeah, I had such a blast. Um, you know, it reminds you why you love the hockey offseason, waking up and seeing all the insiders. I was just refreshing Twitter nonstop. Oh, and I'm like texting you, okay, uh... Oh, well, Larson's Larson sign. That kind of sucks for Edmonton. And there's Alexiak sign. Okay. And then it's like, uh, Carey Price not getting picked. And uh, Donskoy is going. Uh, Tarasenko's not. It's going to be done. And then, like, finally, they finally got to the uh, Appleton instead of uh, DeMello. That was uh, that was awesome. So, oh, yeah, tomorrow is during the – Bailey says tomorrow is the, will be on during the lift of the trade freeze. Maybe we'll have some trades. But this is super exciting. We, we have so many people. I think we got, like – 30 or 40 new uh, YouTube subs we've had over and we had over 500 people here for a while. We're at 250 likes. So, you know, hit the like button, hit the subscribe. We're here every day on YouTube at one and on podcast. Um, you know, we did have the, uh, we did have the preseason schedule. There's one bomber note, Huss, actually, we didn't get to, um, they were practicing, uh, Darwin Adams. He, you know, hurt himself yes. yesterday. Uh, number one receiver and Darren bombing was tweeting today that O'Shea says, not significant injury for Adams. Oh, thank God. I mean, so, I saw that tweet yeah. from bombing and I just tweeted, right. wrote a quote tweeted, not good uh, because he looked like such yeah. a beast at the beginning of camp. And, you know, as I said, one of the other things you might want to look at, you can check the Lockshot podcast if you haven't already for it. But Dusty and I at the end of the program got into a few CFL futures. And for my best value bet, Zach Caleros is 13 to 1 to lead the CFL in passing. And I think there's going to be a far more pass-happy offense for the Bombers this year. I think that'll be great for Andrew Harris. And, heck, Andrew Harris is a huge weapon, uh, you know, catching passes as well. So um, I think Zach Claro's totally undervalued. Bombers are not going to be the ninth passing team in the league again this year if he stays healthy. So I think there is some value yeah. on that. But um, So 
I'll tell you the story. O'Shea said he doesn't expect Darvin Adams to miss a significant period of time. Week one is unknown. Doesn't sound serious, but it appeared to be serious yesterday, according to Darren. So, um, so I think that's good news for Darvin Adams. Yeah, no doubt about it. And again, uh, pick up those tickets, folks. Let's fill that place on the 5th of August for the Bombers and Ticats and the return of the Canadian Football League. Going to be a great, great day here. And we were sort of hoping that we might be able to get to 5K before that date. So to have it happen today, once again, from myself, from Michael, thank you so much for the support. Um, spread the word. If you haven't checked out the store as well, we do have some merchandise. If you're new, go to winnipegsports.com and click on store. Uh, I've had some great response on uh, the hoodies and t-shirts. Hats are coming soon with our pals over at Royal Sports. So lots of good stuff coming on. Anyways, folks, enjoy the uh, official unveiling of the Kraken roster today. Uh, tonight, I should say. Tomorrow, we'll break it all down. Ken will join us. We'll have a little bit more draft talk. We'll get the latest on Blue Bomber Camp and keep you updated on everything happening around the world of sports and specifically right here in Peg City on Winnipeg Sports Talk and Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Thank you so much. Have a great night, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com. 